Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Player to Prospect podcast. As you can see, our guest today is Seth Etherton. He's a pitching coach at the University of Southern California. And let me just say this, guys. This guy has walked the walk, so he can definitely talk the talk. And I'm excited for you guys to listen to the episode today. So without further ado, let's get to the conversation with Seth Etherton. Where we were just talking about is a great place to start because it not only applies to this applies to young players, it applies to the parents of those players, and then it applies to coaches, maybe even young coaches who haven't even thought about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Just that idea, and you know, you can talk about it, you can elaborate on it a lot more, but I'll just bring it up. The idea of like focusing on the finer details, especially when you're transitioning from high school to college, I feel like that is something that it took me time to learn. And then once I did, I thought to myself, oh my God, I have this sense of assurance in what I'm doing and confidence with how well I'm doing my work. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I I don't know. um, I don't know when I learned that or how I learned that, but I know that I learned that and, and that it was important. So yeah, let's just talk about that and uh, kind of what you were telling your players, like you said, a couple what what was it days ago maybe in this first yeah meeting? a couple of days we had a first pitcher catchers meetings and um you know I just want to establish things really early and, and mm. I, I think my biggest point for them was just having them understand that this is about them it's their career you know my days are over I can't do this anymore I, I'm just fortunate enough to be here and to help coach them and um, hopefully teach them really who they are I think that's kind of the biggest deal of just going to my tenth year of, of coaching um you know seven years professionally and now here I am in my fourth year actually it's my 11th year um so it's it's just one of those things where as a player I played for a while collegially and professionally that the biggest transition for me is really understanding who I was that was it mm-hmm. no one ever taught me like how to do certain things and I learned through a ton of failures and that, that I think that's probably the main point I want to get across to these young men is that this is your career. I'm here to help you with that. I'm a soundboard. I'm here to offer suggestions. I will never tell you what to do hmm. because I've had those coaches that told me what to do and it never works. You know, my principles of being a coach for them is, hey, number one, we have to establish a really strong, trustworthy relationship. If we have that, man, you know, those gates open, you're open ears. You trust me. I trust you. You can say anything to me. I can say anything to you. It's black and white. Here it is. There's no confusion we're, we're, we're going to set standards and you're going to understand exactly where i'm coming from and i'll know exactly where you're coming from but the, but the key with all this is is just just talk to me and, and throughout my career and my failures and my successes on the field off the field gentlemen i i've been through what you've been through i, I want you to understand that i'm relevant still you know i retired playing 10 years ago i'm 46 years old i'm married with four children my son's a freshman here at usc this year I have a three-year-old son, a six-year-old son, and a 14-year-old daughter. I said, I'm a dad. I'm a husband. You know, I'm a Christian. I'm a baseball player. I'm a baseball coach. I'm here to help you. I'm here, I, you know, that servant Mattel. I want to serve you guys and help you as best I can. But I need you to take control of your career. And, and you know, we get into the fine details. I mean, this thing can spiderweb everywhere, but... Yeah, you know, Coach Dankwitz and Jew and, and the rest of the staff, they talk about maintain your locker. You know, I try, we try to bring that professional mentality to our guys. Like, guys, be a professional. How you look, how you dress, how you carry yourselves. And when you get out of your car to the time you get back in your car, you know, what do you look like? You're being evaluated. 
Um, and I think it's a really good message for these young men that or these kids, I should say, um, in high school, because they'll roll up in parking lots. They think that no one's there. Well, do you know what people are there? Mm -hmm. uh, find detail. Get out of that car with your looking like a baseball player so we can assume that you're a baseball player. Don't look like a punk. Don't just don't do that. It, it's, it's only going to hurt you, you know, and um, and and these are things that you just kind of learn along the way and get back to the locker. Take care of your locker. It's important. You know, be organized. Look like a professional. Act like one. You're not yet. But when you get there, it'll make that transition a lot easier. Um, oh, yeah. Well, you know, it, 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 it's one thing that we do here at, at SC in our weight room. It's it's enormous but it is immaculate and they, they hold it to a high standard, how every weight is re-racked, every kettlebell's turned, how everything's pristine. And then we have 32 racks in there with all kinds of bells and whistles everywhere. But you go in there after 450 to 500 student athletes have gone in there in a day. doesn't smell like a gym. doesn't hmm. look like it's been disheveled. doesn't look like things have been used because they, they're held to a standard and they, they, they maintain hmm. the fine details. Um, and I, and I think, as we, as we kind of get into the baseball side, I look at it from the other side as well as I'm a true believer that the best students in the classroom will be the best athletes on the field. And it could be cliche, but I, I've noticed it throughout my time. And um, why? Because they're more prepared. They're more organized. They know mm -hmm. how to take care of their time. And they're goal-oriented. They want good grades so they can progress. They want to be good in the field so they prepare themselves and they have goals every day and they do those things. So, mm -hmm. there's, I mean, there's there's so many ways to go about this, but those fine details are really, really important. And, um, you know, we talk about accountability and respect towards each other and um, mm -hmm. leadership. I, I expect, you know, I have a staff of 21, 22 pitchers right now. I expect them all to be leaders. A senior can hold a freshman. A, a freshman can hold a senior, fifth year, seventh year, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. We have a certain way we do things here. It's not held to that standard. Hmm. Those young men need to be told and understand that it's because we have that standard and it needs to be held up. So I want to go back to the sort of point that I made about how it's really important for high schoolers to learn this and tr make this transition as quick as possible when going to college. Uh -huh. um, I find it or I have found it in my experience still pretty difficult for a freshman to be able to hold a senior accountable or be expected to, you know, like speak up and ex exemplify some leadership too. Um, is that something you guys make it very clear that they're allowed to do? Do you expect that out of them? Do you, would you promote that out of them even? Um, because I, I would imagine some players might take that, not the wrong way, but they might they might see it as something that is unexpected or out of line even. Sure. Um, and I'm mainly thinking about like the the clubhouse chemistry or culture, mm -hmm. the buzzword culture, right? Of trying to maintain both like a level playing field where there's no there's no hierarchy between players but also a sense of, okay, yeah, like this guy, he's teaching me the way because he's been around longer or because he, you know, he's had success and I'm a new guy coming in and I don't want to step all over his toes because he's earned his stripes and I haven't yet. You know what I mean? No doubt. I, I think there is that fine line. You know, I even spoke yeah. to a fifth year transfer yesterday about it. He's like, I don't, I'm not real comfortable saying anything yet. I've been here for mm. three days. I'm like, I get it. 
I get it. And, you know, there is that fine line. I understand where a freshman may feel a little uneasy to say something to an upperclassman or even to someone who's just a year old or even a, a, a new teammate he doesn't even really know yet. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But understand that you have the green light to do so. And, and my my issue is, is that if the person that you're calling out or trying to build up with, you know, positivity or respect, we're not going to do anything disrespectful. It's like, hey, your locker's yeah. dirty. Hey, let's put your shoes in your locker. Don't forget that. You know, it's not putting them down. It's like, ah, just a reminder, buddy. Hey, you know, somebody take offense to it. But ultimately, who's that offense here? It's the person who hasn't done their job. Yeah. If they have a problem with it, then that's their problem. Mm-hmm. It's not the person who calls them out because, hey, that's the integrity part of it. And um, yeah, accepting your failures or whatever it is and understanding that, hey, you messed up, just own it. And then that's the other part of this. You know, we're going to, as baseball, as we all know, you're mm-hmm. going to fail some days, a lot of days. And you'd be terrible some days. Gentlemen, we all do. They all do. But how do we limit those days? That's probably the most important thing. How do we limit? How do we learn from what we've done? Mm-hmm. How we failed? How we stunk? There's no excuses. And I, I tell them, one of the, the biggest, the best weapons people have is that index finger. So it's real easy <laughs> to do this, boys. It's so easy. But when this thing starts turn towards you, it's tough. And I've had to learn that throughout. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's tough. And um, but so you're yeah. able to accept that and go, man, you know what? I stunk today. It's okay. But this is mm-hmm. what I did well. But this is how I'm going to get better. And this, these are my work-ons. And, and so it's just, we start establishing this culture here of toughness. Accountability is, is big for us, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but realistically, it has to be done within the team. It has to be done within my pitching staff. Our pitching staff, I'll, I'll retract that. It's not mine. It's ours. And I made that very mm-hmm. clear to them. They all have a voice. It's ours, and they they lead the way. But um, they they just need to know that they have a voice, and they need to hold each other accountable. I kind of use that um, kind of like that that police each other like through like a jail system. You know how like the the inner workings of a jail system. It's it's the inmates that kind of like patrol things, and that's kind yeah. Of how it gets me. I, I'm one guy that can't watch twenty two. So if we yeah, have the warden out for each other and taking care of each other, we're good. And mm-hmm. I think that's what really happened last year as this, everything, the tide kind of shifted for us. Everyone was kind of on each other and there's always these checkpoints and guys checking each other. It's like, okay, we got some fellas. Mm-hmm. Now we're really starting to buy in and understand exactly what we're trying to do, what our goals are. And um, that, that's all we're trying to do right now is just have these, have these young men understand this is what's going to happen. You know, it does take a, a certain level of maturity or at least an awareness to acknowledge that when someone is getting on you about you slacking off in some area, example, you know, your locker's messy. It takes a level of maturity for you to go, oh, he's not getting on me. He's not attacking me. Yep. It's just the thing that I've done. And he's just looking out for me. He's just trying to make sure that we maintain a standard that is what we all agreed upon beforehand, you know? We're, yes. we're all, we're doing this for the team, you know, and if I'm not carrying my weight, he's getting on me, not to get on me, but to, to help the team and it's not a personal attack by any means. You're right. And so many yeah. times I feel like we, we see an inability to dissociate from the personal ego attack to no, I'm looking out for you and I'm, I'm helping you actually. Mm-hmm. Like you need to get that through your thick skull that I'm helping you here, That's right. you know, but then That's again, right it's kind of hard for like 19 to 22 year olds to communicate that effectively to their peers as well. So, and maybe even in retrospect, I probably didn't even realize that that was what was going on a lot of the time, or I didn't even enforce it that much because I didn't want to get on a guy and get too personal. But I would imagine it's a lot easier when you can just say, guys, you have the green light, do it. 
do it. It's you, you all know, you're all, I'm letting you know right now, this is all like you get on a guy. It's not because of you. It's because we're all looking out for each other. Yeah, no, that, right? that's right. And, and for me, I fail all the time at home, you know, and things I need to do. My wife reminds me and thank goodness I have an amazing wife because she's one cell. Hey, Hey Seth, you, you forgot. <sighs> Dang it. Before I used to get really upset. It's like, don't blame, you know, it's a, it's, it's just a maturity level thing. And um, yeah, you know, you get to that point where, Hey, own it, take care of it, learn from it. And now we get better. And you said the tides turned a little bit this past year. Can you mm -hmm. talk about that? And like where you saw maybe the, uh, the most crucial tides of, you know, of turning. Yeah. I, I think, you know, coach Stankowitz and Jewett and Jenkins and coach Brown, we just, we have a standard of, in which we do things, you know, number one is the education. These players need to go to school. They need to go to class. You're not going to miss class to go to practice. That's not going to happen. You're going to go to class and we expect a high level. We expect a 3.0 as a team, as a team. And if you don't have a 3.0, no matter if you're a fifth year senior, you're a freshman, if you don't have a 3.0 that semester, you're in study hall. You're in study yep. hall. It doesn't yep. matter. Yeah. It's study hall. So now we talk about organization. So now they're like, oh, wow, they're really not messing around here. And when they do slip up, we're on it. They go, yep, okay, well, I'm in trouble now. So, yeah, so they learn. So they're <laughs> starting to learn. Now they know, you know from the pitching side of things, when they come in, they don't communicate as well, or I see them dogging on some sort of conditioning, whatever it is. Mm. All right, that's everyone. Let's do it again. Let's do it mm. again. And it's like, uh-oh, you know, I – I'm not sliding by here. It's I, I can't slack. I, I got to hold, like you said before, hold your weight and do things the right way for this pitching staff, for mm -hmm. this team. And, um, you know, th that's our responsibility is hold these guys accountable for what we want as a group. And if we want to be the best team in the nation, which we're striving for, we got to do everything the right way. And th there's, there's no slacking off. And, and we're just as, as accountable as the players as long, you know, and, and that, that's the way it should be, you know, everyone's accountable mm -hmm. for what they need to do. And um, with that gains respect, we're not dictators here. We're here to help them and guide them and teach them and develop them into great young men, great young ball players mm -hmm. for their future and career. In the meantime, we're going to win and we're going to win a lot. We want to win national championships. That's our goal. But mm -hmm. as soon as they leave USC and they, they're part of our program here, they're going to be great young men who are established and know themselves better than anybody else. And it's funny how those are, almost one in the same how yeah like you were talking about the play the, the best players usually are the better students mm -hmm. you know they're they're using they're usually sorry holding themselves accountable the best they're usually very professional when talking to strangers and you know polite and cordial yes. and all those good things and yeah i i just think it's uh it's so important for because this ties into recruiting for the high schoolers to learn this like before they even show up to campus, because you guys actually have to evaluate them based on those things as well, as opposed yeah. to, Oh, what can they do on the field? I've heard so many coaches to this point go, yeah, we can all identify who, you know, is a great player. Like, Oh, we mm -hmm. see that one guy make that diving catch or hit a home run. We're like, nice. We love that. Great. All right. That's step one. Yeah. What else does he got? Yep. You know, what kind of guy is he? Right. Like, like when you come into our program, how are you going to affect, you know, everything outside of what goes on between the lines? And I don't know what's been your experience with that actually, in terms of, you know, the, 
I don't know, the, the types of players that you've been encountering maybe on the recruiting trails in terms of uh, maybe, yeah. maybe you're coming across guys that are a little bit more prepared or they've, they've heard some more things about how to carry themselves on a phone call. Cause those sure. phone calls can be, they can be very intimidating for players, but yeah. if someone can prepare, it can, it can definitely relieve a lot of that stress as well. And I'm speaking from experience too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no doubt as well. I, I, I get that. I, I've been in those shoes as well a long time ago. But um, you know, I, I, I think you, you, there has to be a little bit of grace of kind of how you go about it. It's like, okay, he's he's a young man who's 17 years old. He's never done this before. He's talking about his future. Yeah. Huge decisions being made. Um, you know, how can I be the coach that that kind of suits him? Well, I just have to be me. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm going to do. This is I'm going to do it. So, just being honest with them, I think. I think number one, that that's the main thing, and that that's something that, again, through my experience, my career, that honesty with these things are, is so important to the parents, to the players, letting them know, and um, and and just being that ear for them. Hey, tell tell me about this, and just let mm -hmm. them do their thing. Okay, cool. And you just. You become you become personal with that. It it helps out a lot. Then the player go. Then all of a sudden you hear the tone go. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm comfortable talking about you know, yeah. you know to the gym. I'm comfortable talking about my class. I you know it's not all. Oh, tell me, tell you know. So, um, that's it. Just be personable. Be be relatable to these guys. I, I think that that speaks volumes as soon as they understand. Like, hey, oh, you were recruited too. Yeah, I was. I, I understand what you're going through and this mm -hmm. is my experience when I did these things. I was scared to death. I, you know, I talking to these men that run these programs and I didn't know what to think. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. And um, I was scared. It's like, you know, Johnny, it's okay. I was, I was just like you. I'm, yeah. I'm just coach Colin seeing how you doing, man. That's it. Yeah. That's so funny. Cause <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thinking back to when I was doing this and yeah, it would feel like, Oh, it's like a, it's like a big test. And we both know, we both mm -hmm. know that I need to, I need to score really well and to even be considered for the school, you know, like that's how it was like, Oh yeah, this is, this is uh, some, some big like challenge that I have to overcome. You know, yeah. it's like, no, no, they're just trying to get to know you. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's so funny. Cause I, I do feel like some coaches, they're, they're almost looking for something maybe where where they might say, okay, we need to, we need to establish if there's a fit, you know, like a personality fit, even um, what's your take on that in terms of like, you know, I, how, how much do I need to find some compatibility with a guy over the phone or a fit um, compared to like, okay, you know, I mean, we have, maybe we have different personal interests, but it's like, is that, is that going to make me not want to recruit a guy, you know, like, yeah, no, I, I mean, again, we do things different here. We take our time. We don't just call a kid, a young man, and just throw money at him and say, hey, we want you to be, I haven't seen you pitch yet, but I want you to be a Trojan. I'm like, that's not going to happen. So yeah. it's going to take again, 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 and just, mm -hmm. again, building that relationship, have them be comfortable. I, I think one of the most important things with recruiting is if we see a young man and we find that he's a great fit for us, hmm. probably even more important than that is making sure he's a fit or that USC is a fit for him. He needs to understand that, hey, are these the coaches I want to be around? Are these the teammates I want to be around? Is this the environment? Is this the education I want? Is this, is this where I want to live? Am I a city guy? Am I this? So, I mean, there's all these things, you know? Um, yeah. Oh. So that's why it's so important. You you got to get personal with them. You got to be honest because 
these 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 kids now you know they're under 18 so i can call them kids but they're too smart you know they're gonna sniff it out they have all the resources they're, they're smart and um you know they'll, they'll find out and, and now with the community of all this perfect game and club play i mean they play with everyone everywhere yeah so the way you treat your players were possibly the previous year playing for those club teams or team usa or you know, perfect game, this and that, and PBR, whatever it is, they all still talk. Yeah. So when they call and say, hey, how's that the chain at USC? They're like, oh, no. Or, hey, yeah, it's exactly what he says. So it's like, mm. just be authentic. You know, I, I think mm. if you're authentic with these young men and, and give them that grace to be able to speak. And those who are quiet, I get it. I was shy as can be. I I, I didn't like mm. speaking. And I just, I had to grow into it. Um. So the recruiting, it, it's there's layers to it for sure. And, and, and you get to see these, these players kind of develop, you know, emotionally, you start seeing them develop the, you know, the maturity level kind of go and you start seeing the body physically. If you're looking at them as a junior to a senior, that's a big transition and from senior mm -hmm. to freshman in college. So there's a lot going on. And, um, you know, a lot of these guys come from a little small pond high school. Now you bring them into a big pond of USC. It's like, Whoa, so you kind of, kind of, kind of give them a little love, a little, little coddling here. Hey, you know, hey, you'll be all right. You know, this is, this is big stuff. There's 25,000 students here. You're coming from a class of 200 in high school. It's like, I get it, but it's, it, it's just making sure that they know that you're there for them and you actually mm -hmm. care. I think that's probably the most important thing is once they realize that you truly care about them, it means that it means everything because I can also yeah. tell you the best years of my career were when I actually had a great relationship with my pitching coach and I knew that he truly cared mm -hmm. and I had the best seasons. My worst seasons when I didn't have a relationship with the pitching coach and I struggled. I mean, it just goes hand in hand. I want yeah. to go to the field some days, some seasons, other seasons I just didn't. And it's the environment, it's it's the intention, it, it's the relationships. So that's what we do here. I think that's why we're going to be very successful is because Coach Stankwitz brings, you know, 16 years of professional baseball playing and his mm. career is coaching professionally. Then he did 11 years at GCU. Now he's right. here at UFC. Coach Jewett's been doing this for 25 years at collegiate level, bounced everywhere but from, you know, Vanderbilt to Lane. And yeah, that's right. There you go. That's right. <laughs> Big Jew. And uh, then you got Sergio Brown, who's been doing this from Fullerton all the way through, bounced around bunch of different universities coach jenkins he's played professionally triple a and this whole thing so i mean we just have a wealth of knowledge here and understanding mm -hmm. what these young men need and we focus on development so as long as they know that this is what we're going to do we're going to develop the heck out of you and along with that we're going to win a lot so that, that that's kind of how we do it yeah and I, I you actually brought me back to something that you know jew would say a bunch it, and he has he has these little jewisms i'm sure as you've heard um it's you made this point you know of of how important like the the day-to-day -day sort of uh ongoings are you know your environment the people you're around sure. and i remember you always saying you know it's it's things that we do you know every day that ends in why i i love that saying because it's like yeah it's you just got to remind yourself that the the pursuit you know like what you're working on it needs mm -hmm. to be an everyday thing. And then to tie it back into those kids that are getting recruited, those are the things you should also be looking at. Those are the things yes. you should be focusing on. And I'm remembering, 
back when I was getting recruited, I didn't know what I wanted. You know, I was like, oh, the gear at the facilities. Ah, right. so cool. Right. Then you get there and you're like, oh, I don't even have time to think about that. I don't have time to think about how cool my stadium is or, or, or my sweet Nike logos or my, and my color combinations. It's like, mm-hmm. no. The only yeah. thing that matters is like the stuff that you have to work on and the people you have to be around every single day. Yep. And it's like, like it hits, it hits you once you're in there or like doing it or even after. Um, but I feel like a lot of players, it doesn't really hit them and they might not be focusing on those things. So I'm thinking about like the players that, you know, you might be talking to on the phone, the high scores. And it's like, yeah, they, they might be, they might still be in a position where they don't even know what they want yet, you know? And sometimes they shouldn't and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Young. You don't know. You don't know what you want. That you know, and and a lot of them say, "I just want to go look at other places." I'm like, you know what? Do it. You got to do it because yeah. if you were to choose USC, I want you to know that USC is the spot because you saw other places and you knew that USC was your spot, and and that's fair. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, we want everyone to commit that we we're interested in right away. That'd be great. But in perfect world, we want to make sure those guys, when they walk on campus their freshman year, they go. I made the right decision. These are the right people I want to be around. They're going to, they're mm-hmm. going to help me the best. They're going to put me on the best path for my career in education and in baseball. That's it. When it's so tough too, cause you guys can't, it's like impossible to land every recruit or every potential it. recruit. It's impossible. It. I mean, yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, yeah. I just think about like the job that you guys have in terms of managing that, especially with like we were talking about uh, a little earlier with, you know, or grad guys or juco guys mm-hmm. it's like oh the roster construction these days is is just all over the place it's got to, like it's got to be so much more complex than i feel like what it used to be you know which was mm-hmm. before portals like okay you got your high scores and then you might bring in a juco guy or two here and there if you need it right yep. and yep. now it's like oh no we can we can mix and match as much as we want it's crazy and to tie this into kind of what we're talking about i feel like that can really affect a lot of of teams and and sort of um the the image but the this the i hate to use the word culture again but it's 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 really what it is it's like okay like if this is the style here it's like you know where where you know might bring in a bunch of new guys because we because we need to it's like okay well what does that say like what does that say about our culture you know like yeah. and, and i don't know i'm seeing it more and more but but I I also understand it because because your guys' job is so again ridiculously difficult. It just makes me think like, oh gosh, like being so um, uh, win oriented in a way. It's like because that is your guys' job. It's like you ha- you guys have to be so win oriented. But also the development piece is so crucial. And like you said, you know it's it's not just development of the uh, the player. It's development of the person too. It's no both. doubt, no doubt, and and that's it. I, I think. We're, I think as this staff, you look at just our pedigree and, and our experience here, it's we're very confident in our development. I know that we're going to be successful, and we've proven that in year one. Um, and we have so much to look forward to. Now, you, as you get into the recruitment of guys, it is methodical. I mean, Coach Joe does an amazing job. He knows it. Back, I mean, this is what he does. Coach Brown, Jenks, and Stank, and it's like – Man, they have this thing. It, it's a well machine. We're going here, here, here. We can do this. These are the options. And but then you go, okay, this is this is what we need. Now, how do we go get them? Now it's like, okay, is there a chance we lose guys to the portal because they just want to go somewhere else? And that that's the dynamic. And 
um, the landscape of the NCAA right now with this NIL and the transfer portal, it, it makes things extremely difficult mm-hmm. um, when you're not really playing on in that same league as these other schools that have these other um, resources. So yeah. it's, uh, it, it's, it, it's difficult, it's challenging, but again, I don't want to think we're salesmen, but what we're what we're promoting here and what we're able to do for these young men, I, I think is is very special. And again, it comes from our own experience as baseball players, and now we're into coachings in, of our lives, and um, we're going to make them better. We're going to make them a lot better. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're we recruit professional athletes. That's what we look at. We want you guys to want to be major leaguers. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be a major leaguer. USC is not a place for you. Yeah, it's not. Okay, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to get guys who want to be major leaguers. They want to be great in school. They want to get an education. They want their degree. And they want to go out out of USC with championships and be able to move through an organization quickly and get to the big leagues as fast as we can. And that's our job. And that's our confidence in us that we're going to prepare them for that simply because of our education, our experience, and how we relate to these players and how we teach them and respect them. Yeah, and the reality is, you have 35, 40 guys on a team. They all want to be big leaguers. We know that's not a realistic thing, but the type of person that comes in with those sort of aspirations, it's like, yes. okay, I, I want 40 guys with those aspirations at least. Like, I can't predict the future that you're all going to be big leaguers. And to say that would be ludicrous. But if you have those mentalities, imagine what we can do at the college level, guys. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, imagine. Um, yeah, I, that, that's ultimately what you want. You want these guys with those mentalities to come and work every day like that and knowing mm-hmm. that that if I work as hard as I can, and then th- this is kind of my deal with these guys. As I said, mm-hmm. with, with the pitching staff, I said, if you don't want to be the best pitcher on this team, I don't want you here. If you don't want to be a Friday night starter, want to be the best and just relied upon, I said, I don't want you here. Mm-hmm. Because if, if, you, if you just want to be number two or a weekend starter, well, that's not good enough to me. Because I need someone who wants that fight, that drive, that that grit, and just that that just that resilience to go. Because if we yeah. all do this and have this selfish attitude, it's not really selfish. It's selfish for you to be the best. Is that selfish? No, it's actually making the team better. But if we have that attitude with each and every one of these guys, mm-hmm. everyone's play rises. Everyone's attitude and mentality yeah. and confidence rises. Now mm-hmm. we're building a staff where I'll have 22 available guys to pitch for me. Oh, that's a dream. Dude, you serious? I got 22 yeah. dudes. Now we've got high caliber guys come out of the pen who know themselves and know how to do what they do, know how to, you know, scout and read hitters and do all these things. Man, we're in a good spot. Yeah. It's not just the seven reliables. No, I got 22 now. <laughs> now what do you do? What are these other teams going to do where I can bring guys from all different slots and do certain things like mm. Camp Bay did a few years ago? They had Oh yeah. Every pitcher for the whole arc of arm slots on each side. It's like, yeah, man, it's a different look at everything. And that's what we're doing here. We're just making sure these guys understand that. Mm. And um, that the work that we do here is, is it's efficient. It's, it's hard nosed. It's kind of, I kind of just like that dirty mean mentality and how we go about things. And yeah, um, okay. We're, you know, it, you know, coming from the res with Derek Johnson and the staff there, we're talking yeah. about developing monsters. Mm. I told you, I said, guys, I want to develop these monsters. It's a monster mentality. It's a monster physicality. It's a monster confidence on that mound. And we go against it. We're going to come after every hitter. 
Hmm. We're going to make hitters uncomfortable, number one. Number two, we're going to create as much deception as possible. And you guys are going to know yourselves way better than anyone else has because number one thing is I'll never be able to feel what you feel or think what you think. You need to help teach me. Teach me about you so yeah. I can help you. Let me get in your mind. Tell me. And that, that's one thing I tell him. I said, gentlemen, I'm, I'm going to ask you a ton of questions because I need to know you. I need to know what's going on through your mind. I want to know what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Teach me. Teach me. I can't do this for you. You need to teach me. So now, now they've become so much more self-aware and understanding how to, oh, yeah, we can do this, this. What are you thinking here? I said, we got a thousand different ways to do certain things. Mm-hmm. So we're going to find what works best for you. And um, right. that that. That's why I love my job. That's why I love my job as a coach in professional baseball and out here in college. It's just, I just love being on the field and help developing these young men because it's, it's so important. And like I said, my days are over playing. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. go out there and play catch and not be able to lift my arm the next day. Fine, whatever. But it's like, I just want to see that light bulb turn on and go. And mm. these, so you just, you just see that elation and, now now we're starting to get into that monster mentality and go and mm. you step across that line you know that you're more prepared than any hitter in that box regardless of how great your stuff is it doesn't matter mm-hmm. it doesn't matter so i think it's so crucial to highlight the importance of a player's openness to yes. to say yes. to say to say hey look i'm struggling with this or um, I'm not really sure what you mean by this when you say yeah. this thing. Um, so many times I feel like I, just because a, a player and a coach didn't uh, get off on the right foot or or they, they just, whatever it is, they're not talking to each other enough. Mm-hmm. It just totally spoils the potential development in that player. And because, but, because for whatever it is, whoever initiates it, one side or the other, but both sides just fail to to collaborate. And it's like, especially at the professional level that's why that's why i see a lot of it's like the that's what development is it's just it's a full-blown collaboration you need to be you need to be very open on your side you can't you shouldn't be hiding anything or any feelings you have or any uh things that are going on especially like in a pen or something like that um or when you're working yeah when you're trying to develop stuff it's like you got to be fully transparent you know and yeah, and I guess I don't know if you learned that from the pro side or if that's what you see, but that I feel like that is also what helps players kind of develop that sense of identity and that that uniqueness in a way of like, okay, th- I'm this guy. Like there might be another guy who throws ninety ninety three or whatever it is, but but I also have this, and I I'm really good at doing this with my fastball, and sure. it's it's finding what it's finding what you're good at, you know, and and really honing in on that thing because. We both know when push comes to shove, you got to have something to rely on too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, late in games, stuff like that, high leverage situations. Like, you got to have a, a thing, you know? Yeah. But if you're just going out there and you're like, yeah, I don't know, we'll see. It's like, I don't know if I can trust that as a coach, you know? Like, so, but yeah. I did, so w- when did that, when did that kind of, uh, of st- like style, like come to you or when did you start implementing that style? Would you say like in your, in your personal kind of uh, career, like at what point in time? Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because I, I, I can look back now and there, there are a few mm-hmm. coaches that I learned some really good things from, you know, Howie Gershberg was my first like full season 
pitching mm. coach. That was in 1999 in Double A in Erie. He's since passed, but um, mm. just a just a wonderful man, and, and because he cared and he's so knowledgeable. But I think the one thing that I kind of I took from him as a player, but now more so as a coach, is the simplicity. You know, mm. it's just how can we make things so simple and you know, today, all the analytics and all these things talking about certain verbiage and all these things, it's like, okay, time out, you know, let, let, let's strip this back here. So when mm. you're trying to tell me, so when these young men tell me, I'm like, what you're trying to tell me is this, They're like, yeah, I said, well, let's just keep it that simplicity. You don't need to have this fancy language. We don't need to do all this stuff. We're going to have one, one vocabulary here and it's going to be simple. It's going to work just for you. Okay. And, and it'll be individualized. Um, mm. so, so the simplicity for me from Howie Gershberg was really, really important. Um, and through my failures, again, uh, learned a ton through my failures, just trying to understand, yeah. you know, coming off a of total reconstruction of my shoulder. I mean, I, I came out of college as pretty good arm. And then, I mean, it was just, I had to totally reinvent myself again mm. and, um, it was tough, but I had to understand the philosophy of pitching. And one thing I tell my hitters to, or my pitchers today is, you have to put yourself in the mindset and the visual of what the hitter sees. Yes. Like, what do you mean? I said, what do you think the hitter sees? I, go, I don't know. Well, we'll think about it. So we, we go through all this <laughs> philosophy stuff and yeah. I'd, like, I'd like to be able to have my pitchers stand in on bullpens just to have them look at it and go, why do you think it to be so fine? Does that look hard to hit? They're like, yeah. I'm like, well, why do you think you have to be so fine? So we're always in the advantage fellas. Yeah. We win if we beat them seventy percent of the time. That's I like consider failing. But think about that: those pitches that you groove, you leave middle, you're still getting them out. Hmm. You're still getting them out. So stop being fine. Center focus to begin with until you refine. Then we can refine to thirds, to fourths. Then we start working corners, and you know. <laughs> so it's just like, gentlemen, we 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 don't need to complicate this. And, and again, that's just back to the simplicity of things. Um, hmm. And then all of a sudden, again, it's that's a confidence builder. It's them understanding themselves. Now, you know, like like Derek Johnson said, he's like, you know, I don't believe in mechanics. And so I started thinking about mechanics. You know, that's all I've heard my whole life. Mechanics, mechanics. Like, yeah. He's <laughs> like, those are for cars. I'm like, oh, that's pretty simple. That makes sense. They yeah. Start like deliveries. I'm like, boom. There it is. Okay. Then we talk yeah. about athleticism. We talk about rhythm and tempos and direction and weight transfers and hand. So it's like, ah, oh, so I preach deliveries. I don't talk about mechanics. And and that that's a DJ thing. I think that was fantastic. I, I absorbed mm. that. I stole that from him. It's like, you know, and, and it's like, okay. Now the players understand that. How athletic can I be? Well, you tell mm. me. Show me. How loose and relaxed can you be? Oh, I need fast arm. I said, no, you don't, you don't need a fast arm. I said, you need a fast hand. I said, your hand. Because you can be slow here. What? And you whip it. And you're still going to spin the ball. I said, think fast hand. Mm. And, and so it's just these, these little cues that we go through. And again, it's just simplicity. If you get it, break down to the simplest form and, you know, from deliveries to mindsets and things like that, it just, it frees up so much of the confusion and just the static that goes on in their minds or think about all these other things. It just mm. allows them just to be clear on what they're doing. And, and one thing I, I expect them to do every day when they come to the field is gentlemen, I want you to come to the field every day with a plan of how you're going to get better. Now it could <laughs> be a repeat from the day before, 
That's fine until you master that. But one thing, that's it. We're still with one thing. And each day when, we, when they're playing catch, I go to each guy, back and forth, back and forth around. What are you working on today? I'm working on this. Okay, how are you going to do that? I'm going to do this. Well, what are you feeling when you do that? This. Well, what do you think? Like, when you, when you miss, what, what do you do? Well, I got to think this. I said, I said, okay, so you have your cues, you have your checkpoints? Yeah. I said, good. Impress me. Show me. Boom. Okay, keep doing it. Go next guy. So it's just, it's this methodical practice. Mm -hmm. And, and um, way to go about doing but but they know who i am they know what i'm going to do they know how to hold them accountable mm. and they should hold me accountable for doing that every day too but it's a simplicity of how we coach and teach and the relationship um man it's it's you know it's kind of like that song and dance we just go out there we kind of do our thing we're rhythmic we're doing our thing and you know and it's just they, they get it they get it they get it and mm. uh, it's it's been fun and i think um for me is I, you know, getting back to, to my injuries and stuff, it, it's, hmm. uh, it really helped me understand how to prepare and how to take care of yourself. It really helped me hone in on deliveries and how to prepare and, and, and you know, how you prepare your arm and mind each day. And I think that's one thing that kind of sets me apart from most is I know deliveries. I know how a person, how, how the body should work in the lower half to the top and how, your top half can only reciprocate if the lower half is in, you know, proper direction or 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 in you know sequ sequential order of a delivery in hands. Start every you starting in with your hands, and so um, now we're starting to get efficiency. Now we're starting to see velo and stuff and control. I don't even talk about command. Command's a totally different animal than control. Very few oh, guys yeah, actually yeah. command the ball. Even pro ball, it's like very few, very few major leaguers can command the ball. Yeah, yeah. Things control for sure. So we're at the lower level of control here, just trying to control pitches in the zone. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I don't put a lot of expectation on them to be fine, and they don't need to be because a lot of these guys have unbelievable stuff. And the oh yeah, at the college awesome. level, players. Yeah, and so it's just again, it's just it's just that basis of helping them understand who they are and. Building that confidence to where they can repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. And just all of a sudden you start seeing this growth from the mindset and, and the physicality and becoming a pitcher. And mm. that, that, that's probably one of the first couple of things I said the other day. I said, gentlemen, we're, I'm going to, we're going to develop each other as pitchers. I said, stuff is great. Velo is great. Unbelievable metrics. Great. But I tell you what, <laughs> Eric Davis you know, what a fantastic man it was Cincinnati. And he's one of the um, special assistants to the GM over there. And he does amazing things with these young men. And he said, I don't care what you say. If that ball ends up over the fence, it's not a good pitch. And I'm like, <laughs> that's pretty simple. Yeah. It's not a yeah. good pitch. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times guys have come to the dugout. They want to look at track, man. Well, that was 22 inches of vert there. I said, yeah, it's a good pitch. Right. I said, you know what? The hitter thought it was a good pitch too. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Gentlemen, all these metrics, that's all great in terms of work and stuff, but if it doesn't get the hitters out, what's it worth? The hitters yeah. will tell you how good you are. That's mm -hmm. it. The hitters will tell you how good you are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because they're they're really good the higher levels you go. So I mean, I a computer can tell you things that you where you're progressing at. That's great. That's fine. Yeah. That's a, that's a tool. At the end of the day, if you're not getting hitters out, I don't care what kind of stuff you have. It doesn't matter to me. There hmm. has to be an adjustment made. It's that day-to-day -day, um, 
uh, we're kind of going back to the day to day idea, but how you said you were talking to players each day that they play catch mm -hmm. and kind of teaching them how to go through a process of, yes. okay, yeah, this is the thing I'm working on today. And yep. <laughs> I'll admit, I, I was the guy where it'd be like, oh, one day working on the curveball. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's fine. All right. Tomorrow, cutter. Next day, going back to the fastball. All right. Next day, yep. Change up, making sure that's fine tuned. Like, there's yep. always one thing every different, like there's yep. always something else, right? Yeah. Yep. And it's like, this might be a funky analogy, but it's the only one I can think of right now where it's like, if you were to start playing a video game and then play for like an hour, like a story mode or something, right? Like where you have to like go through a whole set of levels and like you play level one and then you just like put it down and go play the next game. And then you just play level one of that game. And then you go down and then you, next day you're just yeah. going playing level one. Yep. You just keep playing a bunch of level ones. Yep. And it's like, you need to like beat the game first for you to actually get anything out of the work that you sure. do on that one day. You know, it's like, and anyone can do one day's worth of work, but it's like, no, you need to string together like 50 days of working on that curveball or whatever. Yeah, that's arbitrary, yeah. but you need to string those things together. Only then will you see actual gains, any sort of incremental change mm -hmm. that will lead to results. Yeah. And that's another thing where it's like, it's pretty hard to do because most kids, if they're good enough to go to USC, they probably didn't have to, you know, uh, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking in generalities here, maybe a blanket statement, but most of them are probably pretty talented. You mm -hmm. know, they, they were, they were gifted to some degree and they worked hard for sure, but they're also pretty gifted, you know, and that natural development of just getting older, it helps them a lot as opposed to like, Oh no, I had to, I was on this, I was working on my slider for three months and then I figured it out and then I got it and then I never lost it again. And it's like, yeah, the, those are where, those are the big difference makers right there. Like the guys that are like, no, nah, I'm sticking with this. I got to figure, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to keep working on this. And if, and if I fail today, then I'll let you know. And then we'll keep, keep at it. Just keep at it. You know, it. just That's keep it. at it. But yeah, that's so funny. That's so funny that that you do that with your players because because I would do that with myself, but I would change it all the time. I would always mm -hmm. I would always be switching up. And again, you're talking about the the analytics piece of it too. It's so funny because I think I think analytics are are fantastic. You know, they sure. they can be fantastic like a fantastic tool. And mm -hmm. they've proven to to work for a lot of people. But some people, me, i.e., not so much uh in the sense that i might dive too much into it and sure. overcomplicate and like you said i look at it almost like a bell curve where it's like okay you got the super simple guy over here no analytics right uh yeah the complexity level is not high <laughs> but then you start diving into it and it's like oh man you're in the thick of it you you're learning all these new things you're trying to be perfect here you're having trying to have perfect mechanics yes. and also ball data and yep. it's like all right but once you start working at that stuff long enough you realize like you only need to do a couple things right or one or two things right you know you only got to focus on one or two little physical cues and then you know one little things with the ball and then you start to simplify back down you know it's like all right i've done it all i've, I've exhausted all my things i can now i can just hone in on a few or one mm -hmm. or two that you know that's all i need and that's all i need to focus on to be successful yeah. 
So that's so funny because you need a balance, right? Like you need a balance of, of understanding what that technology piece is, especially with these young kids today. Like Absolutely. they know what it is. Yep. So you have to understand it. We also have to understand how to use it. That's right. And, and, and I think you're right there because for certain guys, this metric may be very helpful. For another guy, it may put him in a tailspin and have his mind going everywhere. And like, so you, you, every personality is different. Everyone moves differently, which I found out. I learned like you can't, nothing is cookie cutter. You, it it yeah. can't be. It it's can't impossible be. You now. can't do the same drills again. Nothing is cookie cutter. Everyone moves differently. Everyone thinks differently. Mm-hmm. So as a coach, my job is to figure out how, what makes them tick, analyze, watch how they move, mm-hmm. what works for them and simplify that process for them. And that's, and that's where analytics can be a fantastic tool. You know, being with the Reds, we were on the cutting edge with Kyle Bodie. I mean, it was force-fed to us, and, and I learned a ton over the two years he was there. It was fantastic. Yeah. But also learned, hey, I can do this, but I don't really need to do this with it. I can just kind of, oh, I can use this one. I can use this one for this guy. I can use this one, this one for this guy. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, this is what we need to work on. Because I believe that the analytics side of things and the pitch shaping, that's work. Hmm. That, that's the work part of it. The game is play. Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. care about analytics when you're playing. I want your hard work to show you how you can play. Mm-hmm. Work hard to play. That's it. You don't you don't work the game. You play the game. Mm-hmm. And that's where our when we work in bullpens, we have our portable track mans, we're doing all these things. It's fantastic. And guys are getting better, they're understanding what works best for their arm slot. You know, I can't say, you know, everyone talks about the three o'clock spin on a changeup. I'm like, that doesn't work for a guy with a high three-quarter arm speed or arm slot who, who spins a yeah. fast between 12.45 and 1, 1 o'clock. Why would you want to do this? No yeah. enough. You're, you're losing deception. You're going to hurt the guy. He's not going to control it. And it's a uh, spit yeah. on mm-hmm. you know, So it's like we, we have to understand what works for that individual. Yeah. You know, rule thumb, it's an hour later, whatever it is. So it's just like you just understand what the slot does, how the hand works, the manipulation. It's – and and that that for me that I think that's where that individuality and Randy Sullivan wrote a fantastic book. He's the one who does the Florida Florida Baseball Ranch. Oh, okay. Book. Yeah, the Armory. Um, fantastic, fantastic book. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to hyper individualization, and that's a term that sticks with me. It's like boom, there it is. If you understand hyper individualization, you do everyone on the personal, just how they do things. Mm-hmm. because it's them that's that one person who has those distinct actions mindsets boom that's what you work with you can't yeah. take what he does with this guy because they're all they're totally different so yeah um, and, and it's really important you know and, and along with that comes relationships comes comes how, the dynamic of how you speak to these young men you know mm-hmm. everyone's gonna be different and um you know so you, analytics is great but it takes the human element out of everything. Yeah. You need the personal, you need the, you know, you need to be able to reflect, you need to be able to, what kind of resilience, you know, what, what, where's this guy go mentally in, in what's, what's crunch time. You know, analytics doesn't do that. Analytics doesn't take part. Hey, pitcher made a good adjustment here. Cause you notice the, the, the hitters spread out with two strikes. Mm-hmm. Analytics doesn't tell you that. Yeah. That's the pitcher being a pitcher. So there's so many elements to pitching that analytics is, it's a great chunk of it. Mm-hmm. That's so funny, the two-strike thing, because I'm thinking about how you might see a guy on paper and it'll be like, oh, his uh, 
you know, yeah, he, he has a low strikeout percentage with, you know, or whatever it is. And, uh, like, okay, yeah, maybe he just, uh, maybe he just has great, you know, good contact or whatever. It's like, no, he actually like completely changes the way that he hits with two strikes. So maybe you try to exploit that and yeah. you can't see that on paper. You got to see it with your eyes, yep. you know, like yeah, and that's staring at you right in the, like right in the face when you're pitching to him. So, yeah. And as we all know, hitters struggle. So I want to know what this hitter's done last 10 days. Because that tells me where he's at. If he's hitting 450 uh, yeah. for the last 10 days, he's hitting buck 25. I'm yeah. going to find that hole and I'm going to exploit it because they're, he's struggling for some reason. So I don't mm -hmm. care if he likes away or he spins in, whatever it is, there's something going on here. So mm -hmm. sorry, analytics. I, I, I need something here to add to being a pitcher in the mentality of how to actually attack hitters. And so, I mean, there's, there's so many ways to go. And um, it, it's really interesting. And there are a lot of stats that, yeah, you got to know that you just can't remember in a game saying, oh, you were this guy swings at first pitch fastballs in this, you know, this time of the game, late seventh inning on. It's like, you'll never know that. That's why analytics is a great tool. Mm -hmm. You'll be able to see those trends. Yeah. And um, so it's just, there's a lot of kind of give and take and, and push aside and just absorb. And, um, mm -hmm. It's interesting. It's 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 really interesting, but I think it's it's a piece of the entire puzzle that um, is important. Well, I think you're bringing up something that um, specifically the difference between like what a guy has done the last ten games versus mm -hmm. okay, we have oh god, name a player, Xander Bogarts. Like the data set for Xander Bogarts is mm -hmm. crazy big, <laughs> like. You can see so many data points from him. You can you can really hone in on what he does, right? What he does well, what he doesn't do well. It's pretty easy. Sure. With college, it's like, okay, you got a freshman and he was and he's been popping off the last 10 games. It's like, I've got nothing to go off except that last 10 games. So you've got to learn how to exploit the human element of it, the the psychology, right? Mm -hmm. Like you've got it, you've got to say, okay. Great. He was player of the week last, last week. Sure. But when did he get out? Let's look at that. You know, like, let's look at those little things. Cause, cause he's remembering those things as well. Like he's, he's thinking like, yes. yeah, I was player of the week, but I also struck out on this one pitch. And it's like, just get ready when you see it five more times. That's like, right. you know, That's it's right. like, so it's, again, it's that balance where it's like, yeah, we love the data, but it's like, there's the other parts too, that are, equally if not more effective a lot of times in college because of the lack of data points that you have mm -hmm. you know when it comes to actual game stuff and i think that's kind of the difference between um what what we're seeing in you know professional versus college when it comes to what is presented on social media mm -hmm. you're seeing yeah we, we're seeing a lot more people talk about specific analytics or uh just like data oriented um stuff whether it's ball data biomechanics anything uh on the college level but the sample size is so small especially on a team level where you kind of just blanket in a whole team and it's like oh yeah this team like for example this team has a, a stuff plus of like 120 and it's like whoa oh my gosh crazy what's their era 5.8 okay yeah. okay yeah great like Stuff what's their great. record like what's their record <laughs> uh they're they're uh they're, they're 22 and 25 uh yeah. oh okay 
who cool who cares about this stuff plus then like come on you know are they the going think to... their stuff is plus two yeah, it. yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> it's great it's like i don't... great oh my stuff is amazing now granted i, I kind of understand the college side maybe on an individual level because you and i both know the pro scouts love the stuff they love that they love the project find the best stuff they love they love the project and you know they'll they'll bank on their ability to develop a guy like because you know it's high reward stuff like no no doubt about that in college it's like you can't have the mentality if you're trying to actually be successful on the baseball field you know like it's just not that's not a they they don't align like it's one way versus the other you know they're so different that's exactly right yes but but yeah, I guess it's easy for you to know because it's like you come you come from that background too, where you've seen both sides of it, mm-hmm. you know. But these kids again, they, they might not have yet. They they might not have. So it's it's a little bit difficult. And okay, let's go back to the the command versus the control of the zone thing because, uh, I mean, I I actually know one guy, uh, in my college career who I mean he. We could say we could say he had the closest thing to like elite control where, you know, that walk percentage is real low, still struck out guys, had good stuff, but just lived in the zone, both sides of the plate, multiple pitches where you're like, yeah, this guy just has a knack for being in the zone, but then also knowing how to throw certain quadrants. All right. That's one guy. Okay. That's so few and far between Mm -hmm. that. It's like, if I'm a pitcher, especially coming into college, if I'm a freshman, why am I trying to be a guy that can throw up and in with the fastball, down and away with the fastball, down and in with the fastball, like in the same at bat? Like, no, you don't need to do that. If you can get really good, I think, if you can get really good at throwing, for example, a guy with a, a righty with a four seam, you can throw that four seam up and into a lefty, right? Like, you're really good at that. Great. Use that like a ton, if it, especially if it gets results. It's yeah. like, just do that a lot simplify it like you said just just be good at doing that you don't have to throw that thing down and away and up and away and it's like yeah and 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 i think i think you're right i think the ultimate calibration pitch to get everything in sync for i think for most pitchers would be glove side at the knees if you're able to calibrate that because there's so much that goes into that in terms of timing and you know which Mm. is weight transfer and getting everything and actually getting through the ball to yeah basically execute that pitch um and then you start working glove side, belt up to lefties. It's like, boys, you, you need to understand what these, this hitter sees. He's seeing angle. It's coming across, and it's elevating. It's spinning. It's, it's a rise ball to them. And so, yeah, there, there's um, – there's again, it, it boils down to simplicity. If you just understand this is all you really need to do, you're going to be just fine. Hmm. And then just go own it. Own it and just try to master it the best way you can because you, you'll be in a really good spot. This is tough, I guess, to ask, but maybe as a, a generality, is it is it more logical to specialize or to say, okay, yeah, you you have a you have a capability of being you know a three four pitch mix guy. Like let's like if you can have three or four good pitches, you know that's mm-hmm. we like that a lot. That you can sure. just mix it around because. Again, we're talking about this, uh, the tack, 
the specialization piece. And I feel like that's a little bit more of a newer thing, or maybe it's becoming more popular uh, today versus seeing a guy who's got four or five pitches, like, and, and is the, the Jack of all trades. I hate to use my name, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I feel like we're seeing a trend more so towards the specializing part as opposed to, oh, this guy's, I mean, he's you Darvish, you know, he's got all the pitches. Mm -hmm. Like maybe just because it's more difficult to find that, um, that kind of guy. Yeah, no no doubt. We, we, we have a young man here, Cade Naoki. Um, Mm -hmm. he's a true four pitch mix and Mm -hmm. he has the closest thing to command on our team. There's no doubt about it. But the thing with him, I I think that sets him apart. I, I think he has this kind of this elite mindset of confidence he knows what he's trying to do, and he really understands pitching. He's a great student of the game. Um, but but I think the, the most important thing with him, and you can kind of go back in time and look at those guys that did a really good job at this, were these best athletes. I mean, he's a fantastic, knows how to feel the position, knows how to hold runners. He's just a natural athlete. He put anything in his hand, he, he'll execute it, you know, and it's hmm. it's it's a special talent. Um I'm trying to think of um, guys that just came easy could have been undersized. It's just, they just made it look easy. I mean, you look like DeGrom, you know, he's going to be just a special athlete, you know, he just makes it look mm-hmm. simple. He just, he does. I mean, he's a freak. Um, yeah. Who was the uh, guy It's escaping me now. He pitched Arizona State. Mike Leak. Ooh, Mike six Leak. Six foot, six one, maybe. Fantastic athlete. He could hit. Mm-hmm. He could feel his position through all kinds of different pitches and he executed it was great what fun watching him pitch he had a fantastic career those types of guys yeah. those are the ones that stand out you know it's just it's like wow okay they have some serious ability that is you just don't see and um mm-hmm. that's kind of how i feel about aoki he's got some things to work on but um he's one of those guys here that's really special in terms of almost commanding things but a four pitch mix that's true because he knows mm-hmm. how to use it. He knows how to change speeds and eye levels and go from slow to sharp and, you know, fastballs mm-hmm. to change ups in on righties. It's like, okay, you're understanding this. And and so, um, but then you, but then you get to these specialized guys. It's like, you know what? You don't spin it very well, but your fastball's freakish. So we're going to do this. And you create deception because you're funky. We had a pitcher last year and Garrett Clark, he came in, he had a little hitch in the giddy up. He got behind the ball and he spun it and he ran it. He had that mentality. Hey, you're going to beat me. You're going to beat me on this. And, mm. you know, he just blew it by guys at 92. He'd be mm. up to 94, but it was mainly 90, 91, 92. And he'd run a two seam. It's like, that's all he needs mm. because he owned that. He knew who he was and he's going to live and die by it. Mm. Boom. Here we go. And he'd show this, he'd show a little this just to show. But when, when I would like, call a fastball or whatever it is i knew what's coming and now i'm gonna say this poor hitter man here it comes i dare you and it's just yeah and just and it's just those specialty type things and then we have a guy like blake Soderstrom last year who can rip a slider at any point and he fell in love with it maybe a little too much but it's like okay but this is what he's comfortable with owned it and did it hmm. so there and then there was a transition of hey if you use your fastball it even makes your slider even better and so yeah it's um Interesting dynamics, no doubt. Um, help these young young men understand who they are and what they're capable of doing. But um, in terms of like the pitch mixes and all those types of things, 
you're a three pitch mix guy for me and you're able to throw it at any count, you're, you're going to be a double A pitcher anytime soon. That's hmm. what it's, that's what, that's what it is. You know, you're, you're a double A pitcher right now. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've seen plenty of players not be able to do that yeah. <laughs> at yeah. that level. It's, yeah. it is pretty surprising. Uh, when you see that stuff, I mean, if you live in a small town, there's probably a minor league stadium uh, there and you can go to you can go to a game. You can see some professionals uh, yep. work some stuff out, you know, on that mound. You can you can see some stuff where you're like, wow, like not that different. You know, there's, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many good college players, too. I feel like the talent gap is almost it's kind of closing in a little bit, you know, in terms of like, oh, yeah, we've got these college guys. I mean, they're ready. Yeah, you know, I think um, well, obviously with contraction, so now the draft's a lot less. There's there's less teams, so I think to be a little more concentrated, the best players of every organization. Um, yes. You know, I, I I think the analytics side may be kind of waning off a little bit, so it's not so analytic based. I think there's be more development on pitchability and things like that in pro ball. So if you start making that 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 kind of like that that 180 kind of back maybe a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I well, you, you look at it because there's been so many injuries, so oh, many God, injuries. so many injuries, and it's yeah. it's all it's all been based on stuff. True. Not pitching. Absol- like absolutely. Stuff, stuff. 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 It's been shoved down their face, and yeah. now it's like we got to get back to like health. I mean, ju- just in terms of organizations, if if your players are healthy, too much money that saves you. You don't have to go out and get oh. the agents. You have to do all- it's like. Let's just, let, if we focus on health, we're in a great spot. Yeah. You know, then we start developing pitching for an even better spot. Because do you know what? I guarantee you, hitters aren't trained to hit curveballs. They're trained to hit fastballs. They're very yeah. young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The best, hitter, the best hitters in the league, you know, they're hit, they, they don't miss the fastball. They don't miss it. <laughs> yeah. And then they say, that's hey, they I'm in money. this count. I'm going to sit slider. And they don't miss that. That's, that's the elite. That I mean, they they have that mindset. They know how to go. Hey, elite. Yeah, that's the chess game. Yeah, but it's like, hey, I'm gonna sell a slider here. I'm gonna get. I'm not gonna miss it. And they don't miss it, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But you also see a lot of fastballs which sit inside. They get, they just take it, and you're like, what the heck just happened? Well, yeah, that's a cat and mouse right there. Yeah, and that, that's strictly because he sat a different pitch. Yeah, he didn't get it, so he had to take it. Oh, that's so. I I learned that pretty late, honestly, in my college career. I I had a friend who he's actually with the Reds right now. He, he definitely helped me with this in terms of like really watching the hitter because they're telling you, they're telling you what to do. Yep. Like maybe not, it's not written on their face, but you can, you can piece apart like some, some things that they'll show you, whether Mm -hmm. it's a take or a type of swing or where they foul the ball back. I mean, have you, have you ever... I asked my pitchers this too. I said, have you guys ever just watched an on-deck swing? Like, why would we hmm. do that? Do you think a hitter's going to swing where he doesn't want the ball? Yeah. <laughs> I said, just pay attention. Yeah. He's, he, that's where he wants the ball. That's where he wants to launch. Yeah, so yeah. Don't, oh, don't man. Out there. That's so odd because, yeah, I do remember seeing – I remember – this is weird. I'm, I'm picturing when I faced ECU actually. And I remember because – um like connor norby if you know that name he's with the orioles now okay. I think he was like a second rounder but i mean you know i'm no stranger to the fact that connor norby is the guy the guy in our conference that is like leading the league in average i mean he's a dude so i'm like okay 
I know he's about to come up. Like, I'm, my eyes on him. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm getting him out. This is, this is happening right now. I got to get him out. You know, so I'm like studying him. You know, the first, first day, because I wasn't a fry guy, but I was, you know, the next game. I'm studying him. I'm, I'm watching his movements, like, on deck, in the game. I'm like, I'm watching. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm doing everything I can. So when this guy gets up, I'm punching him out. It has to happen. And, like, I remember going through that at bat pretty, pretty, uh, like, vividly as well, thinking, like, okay, yeah, it's, like, 2-2 or whatever. Um, and before I even got to that count, I'm like, yeah, I know what I'm going to strike him out on. I just need to get to that point. Mm-hmm. And then when we get to that point, I'm like, it's already happened. I've already thought about it. I've already prepared for it. I know where he wants to swing. I know where he wants to hit the ball. Like, like I, I'm seeing it, you know, and I think we set it up well. And then, bam, yeah, I throw the pitch. And it's like, yeah, that, exactly. It's like chess. It's like, yeah, I was, I was just a step ahead. Now, I, you know, I made a good pitch in a good spot, right? Like, and he's a great hitter. But, I mean, <laughs> if I did that with every hitter, I don't know if that's even humanly possible. But, <laughs> but I was like, yeah, I was yeah. just ready. Yeah. I was just prepared. I was looking at that stuff. And, and that's free, too. I love that when people are like, oh, it's free. Like, it doesn't yeah, cost anything. Free hand so, to look at, yeah. right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's there. It's there for the taking. And, and I'm and, like, and on yeah, the flip wow. side, And on the flip side, I tell, I tell the pitcher, I said, do you realize your in-between innings pitches, your warm-ups, are in sequential order of your ratings of pitches? Yeah, a lot of time. Yeah, oh <laughs> like, for sure. Just saying, fellas, hitters are paying attention to that too. So yeah. they know that you're after you throw your fastballs because that should be your number one, and you go right to your slider, your primary your breaking pitch, ball. Yeah, they know. That's so funny because I would always be like, "Yeah, my changeup sucks right now. I'll just throw like four in the warmups, and then I just do that." I'm like, "Yeah, let's just throw a bunch of changeups. Just throw a bunch of changeups in the warmup." <laughs> That's right. Because my right. fourth pitch, and I'm like, "All right, I'll get some action. See if I can use it. You know, against this mm-hmm. uh, this righty that's coming up." Uh, but I'll do it first in the warm-ups, that's for sure. That's so funny. Oh, my God. Yeah, I never – because Cutter was kind of like my – my uh, you could call it my out pitch, my primary breaking ball or off-speed uh-huh. pitch. I never threw it in warm-ups, like maybe once. But yeah. I was like, I'm saving this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saving this. I don't need any looks. This is in the back pocket. I know where I'm throwing it. I'm good. Yeah. And it's just funny, too. I bring, I'm bringing it back to the just knowing, knowing that I can throw this pitch in this one spot. Mm-hmm. in college you know no offense to college hitters but most college hitters i feel like you know i can get them out with a good pitch yeah even if even if they like it if it's a good pitch in the in a like i can throw a good pitch in a good spot it's gonna work you know like it's gonna work you know with metal you might see some mishits and some dinkers and stuff sure versus wood where you might break a bat yes but more times than not, like if you can just hit that spot, like it's gonna work. It's gonna be successful. It's gonna be so useful too. Like I'm going back to the uh, God. What was I saying about the um, the just the reliability of like a pitch. It's like yeah, mm-hmm. just just having that thing to fall back on too. Like when you're in those tough situations, and I'm speaking from experience because I was a guy where I was known for getting myself in tough situations. You know, it'd be like all right, lead off single, and then. Uh, and then an error happens or whatever, and it's first and third, no outs. And I'm like, all right, here we go again. Yeah, let's get ourselves out of this yeah. one. And I'm like, yeah, kicking another gear. You know, maybe I'm going to use my cutter three or four times in a row. Did it work? Yeah. 
yeah, it worked. So great. You have something to fall back on, you know, like, yeah. I don't know that the, the pitching philosophy is so interesting because I feel like there's so many different opinions now and so many different um, opinions that the kids that you you might have coming in or the returners that you even have might be listening to, especially on social media, where it's yeah. like, how do you, how do you, how do you make sure that there's, that it's not noise, you know, that they're, that they're taken in. Uh, well, actually, yeah. yeah. Do, do you ever get that? Do you ever get players that are like, Hey, I saw this thing on social oh, media. Yeah. Like I want to try oh. this. Oh, it's, I gotta it's, imagine. It's an epidemic. It's one of those things. It's just, it's bringing back to reality and having to say, first off, I mean, there's some freaks out there, you know, the Verlanders, the Pedro Martinez is the Nolan Ryan's. It's like, they watch all these clips. I'm like, Oh, I want, I want to do that. I'm like, you guys have to understand that's one man in the entire world that can do what he does. Yeah. Vacuum. So, so that, that's fairy tale stuff. That's, that's untouchable. That's unicorn. You can't do that yeah. now. There's no quick fix. There's no quick yeah, fix to I doing mean, that. That's for sure. You, number one, are you even capable physically of doing something like that with the, with the way you throw? No. Yeah. Yeah. Are you you're like this, quarter, Pedro? You're a low three quarter. It doesn't work. Yeah. It just, your, your body moves differently. It's like, it, yeah. it doesn't work. And it's like, gentlemen, we need to have you understand who you are. Hmm. You know, we're going to get you through your natural arm path by being on time with your hand. And then we'll be able to establish that's our base. Then we can go from that part and see where you spin the ball at 100% efficiency. Then we get to there, we go, okay, now with that, now we can build on this. This is what I expect the next pitch, your breaking ball, your slider, or your changeup. This is what we're kind of looking at here. Here's kind of like a, here it is. And this is who you are. Now yeah, we just yeah, hold yeah. this in. We don't need to be so broad spectrum. Let's keep it in here. Let's hmm. master these things. And then we move forward. Yeah. Let's simplify this, fellas. <laughs> yeah i mean especially like you said with um the difference between having like seven reliable guys versus 22 it's like i mean that i, f I would imagine that's pretty game changing and like you kind of already alluded to that but that has got to be something that is so uncommon in college baseball these days because it just i don't know what it is like it seems like bullpen like just college bullpens they ne <laughs> there never seems to be a, a ton of depth like it seems to be pretty yeah. few and far between yes uh, I, yeah, I don't know why that is, but maybe it's just a usage thing in terms of like, yeah, we need like, you know, there's just not enough innings, but true. I don't know. Four Again, what week, you got, you know, let's say, let's say 20 guys, four games a week. I mean, how do you get them all in? If starters are they, those who've earned their spots, are going five or six? Well, you got three, two or three innings left to, to fill. And it's like, well, how do we do that on a regular mm -hmm. basis to keep them sharp? Yeah, and that's where you got to get creative, and that's where their self discipline, their accountability, that where they're actually getting their work in. Because when they do get called upon, they need to perform. And um, we all hmm. know that not everyone's going to perform at their top every time, and there's always going to be more opportunity. And that that's one thing that they, that they need to kind of relish in is like, gentlemen, I failed so many times, but understand that your failures are the best times to learn, and I get that. Hmm. I get that, boys, and and we're gonna get you back out there, get you back on the horse. I want to see how how resilient you are and how you get back to it. Mm -hmm. So so stay positive. Let's keep rolling, and so we go, so go. So it's just the the positivity, the the understanding, and that 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 being personable with them, knowing that I stunk a lot too. I think it kind of they, yeah. they kind of feel like, wow, okay, okay, I'm good then. You don't mm -hmm. need to panic. You have, you have a tough day. Own it. Who cares? Move on learn from it and go. 
And I, I do feel like a lot of players uh, in college baseball may feel like they're they're failing if they're not a starter. I've heard I've so many guys Fair. in college are like, dude, yeah, I just want to be a starter. And it's like, do you have any idea how valuable being that like Swiss Army knife reliever is to a college pitching coach? Oh my god, or a closer even. Oh yeah. my gosh, like it's. I would say it's probably invaluable actually because yeah. the starters it's like yeah you know you can only use them for that one day and like what you get is what you get but that mm -hmm. reliever that that guy you can go to in the tough spots or when you need a long relief out mm -hmm. it's like like yeah those swing guys are huge I mean you get like two out of three and a couple guys stepped up last year for us that did pitches freshmen that came in and they did some things and it's like wow you may not be happy with your numbers but do you know how valuable you were to us because yeah, you may have had a, an ERA that was inflated, but that, that may have come in one or two outings. The rest of you, you are so solid. Mm -hmm. You may have had a couple blowups. You know, when you give up a seven spot and two, it's like, that's hard to recover from regardless, but look what you've done. You know, it's, so it's just that reaffirmation, these guys and knowing mm -hmm. that, Hey, I need a bridge guy. If our starter gets in trouble to get out of that inning, maybe a specialist that needs a punch out. That's your role, dude. Mm -hmm. That's what you got to do. And then we bring in our two, three inning guy to get us that sixth inning now we could line back up to what our plan is if we're still in that game. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I, and and I guess my point with that is a really important factor in professional baseball I, I ran across and then obviously in, in college baseball. Pitchers, when pitchers know their role, it allows them to prepare. It allows them to mentally and physically be ready to go. Hey, if you're down by a lot, that closer and setup guy's like, okay, I'm gonna chill out here. I don't need to re-engage. I'm good. When that, when that starter's cruising, and it's a tighter game. Boom, they're locked in. When the starter's struggling, that mid relief guy, that swing guy comes in and goes, dude, this is this is me. I he knows. So it's like you start teaching them that development of, of being a student of the game as it's mm -hmm. going. When your role comes up, because it's a distinguished role, you know what you are, and I'll tell you before the game exactly what you're gonna do. You're hot today. You're this. This is why I see you in. Maybe it's a matchup deal, whatever it may be. It's like, as long as they know, you know, and us being pitchers, it's like, man, I knew my role. It allowed me to prepare, allowed me to, to study and know if I'm a, if I'm a, a lefty specialist, I know I got to get this guy out. Let me look up. Let me study this. Let me see how I'm doing today. Because as we all know, our stuff's not the same every day. Hey, slider's not working today. Well, I got to get to the fastball. I got to run this in. Uh, number two pitch change up. Here it comes. So it's just, it's pitching, it's preparation, it's understanding, and it's trust. And um, yeah, the more really give that to these players and understand that, hey, I'm going to allow you to prepare the best way you can, but you've got to know yourself and, and how you can prepare for these situations. And that's that's why I think for us the fall is, mm. you know, put you in this role today. I want to see what you do. I want to see how you prepare. I'm, I'm watching you. Mm. Okay. So it's just, again, it's just being upfront, give them the information, let them do what they need to do, and then help along the way to do it. And then you just give them feedback and more feedback, more feedback. Mm. And, hey, what'd you do here? Well, what, what were you thinking when you did this? Mm. Okay. Well, do you think you could have done this with this? Well, that makes sense. I say, okay, next time, try that. So it's just, it's just being there for them. It's important. On the pro and the college level, I've seen, uh, I've seen plenty of pitchers who are going in and they're like, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll get in this inning. Maybe I won't. Uh, or, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm just gonna go in there and and throw my pitches. It's like, it's like, the, 
how are you going to feel when you're actually like on the mound competing against a guy? Like, how's that going to feel when you, yeah. when you have, when you lack any ownership of the role or preparation because, and I'm saying that because I, I've been in that position where I know, I know what that's like, but I also know what it's like to have that role and it be established. And I'm like, yeah, no, I know what I'm doing right now. Well, I'm coming in and I'm getting, I'm getting the save or I'm coming in and I'm, I'm bridging the gap here. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm getting it to the, to the eighth inning guy. Like, I know, I know what I'm doing here. Like, yeah, it's so funny. There's like, there's nothing worse than like a, than a pitcher, like not knowing what, like what he's supposed to do and going into anything with uncertainty. Like that's so, it's so frightening, especially for a lot of young pitchers. And yeah, yeah. That, that's funny, but it's also pretty difficult too, because I would imagine year to year, the roster that you, you know, are given, you know, in the fall, right? And by the time you get to spring, the the pitching staff that you have, you know, you're going into, it changes. Yes. It might even change within a season too. Yes. You might have you might have a couple of long relief guys that you can rely on, and one of them gets hurt, or uh, maybe you don't have a ton of long relief guys, and you got a bunch of one inning guys who like they're they're really good in the one inning, and you're like okay, uh, I guess we're going to have to, maybe we'll have to move a guy to a long relief thing. Like, sure. This might change. This might switch up. I mean, does that happen very often during season? Is that something you really, like you really try to establish and stick to before the season? And, I, and again, uh, it's probably changing between seasons, you know? Yeah, I think, I think it, it it's due in part to the recruiting. So we, we have guys mm. coming in and this is what we think they're going to be. It's always what you think they're going to be. Yeah. Times when they get into the fall, you put them in these roles. You're like, ah, I just don't see it. He just, hmm. you know, those late end guys like, ah, he just, he's got the stuff. He just doesn't have the mentality to do it. So let's try okay. to this role. Maybe take some pressure off of him here. Let's, let's put him in a position where he can excel and, and do well. Right. Um, and, and that's where it just gets tricky. You just, you just gotta, you gotta watch. You gotta try to understand. And um, there's always, there's always going to be changing. And, and that's that's fine. It, but as long as you're open and honest with these guys and have them kind of tell you what they're thinking, let's kind of delve in there a little bit and be like, okay, well, you know, maybe there are some changes we can make uh, make on the mental side. Because a lot of it, as soon as you step across that line, it is all mental. How fast the game's going for you. When you start feeling your delivery get out, where do you go to? Are you slowing down? What are your cues? You know, mm -hmm. your verbal, your, 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 um, your tangibles. It's just like your audio... I mean, there's so many things to go, but that's what the ball yeah. is so important for. Let's put yeah. them in situations. Let's coach them up. Let's develop them. Let's help them learn who they are. And um, at the end of the day, you know, when game one starts, it's like we have an idea who we have and this is what they're mm -hmm. going to be. They're going to know where they stand and these are their roles. And then until things change where people fail and something happens, then, then we make those changes. For those new guys on the block, it could be pro too. I mean, because you've obviously seen, you know, those young those young pros coming in in their first year. But more specifically in college, um, in your experience, what is the most common type of way a guy can fail? Is it usually just like a guy, you know, uh, on the field, he's just getting overmatched, or because because they will fail <laughs> these freshmen. Yeah, they yeah, will fail. no, yeah, it's not really getting listened, overmatched. I think they just get in their own way mentally. Uh, okay. Yeah. Where they can't settle in and just simplify that process of, I just need to throw strikes. If you throw strikes, that's all I tell. If you throw strikes, you're gonna be successful. So try to be fine. But it's a lot easier said than done. You know, you got her mm -hmm. nerves. You're facing a 22 year old senior, and it's like, well, where are you going? Teach me. Tell me about yourself. What are you thinking right now? Are you freaking out? You know, mm -hmm. where are you inside? Are mm -hmm. you nervous? Are you scared? And that's okay. 
yeah through this so i i think mainly it's going to be the mental side of things um rarely at this level is that you just you get beat because your stuff's not very good and if, if that's the case then we didn't do a good job recruiting um so it, it's it's mainly just having them understand themselves mentally and then maybe teaching them about how to sequence a little better and and one of my big things with them is you have to understand how to, how to pitch in the zone and you have to understand how to pitch out of the zone. Yeah. You have to understand where you can miss and where you can't miss. Mm-hmm. So if you understand those things, you'd be like, okay, well, I'm one and two. I'm going to throw a slider right here. I can miss dirt. I can't miss cement mixer, middle of the plate, and um, just give up a, a shot. I can't do that. So I'm going to focus Left corner, glove side. I'm going to think angle with my eyes. I'm going to get to the front part of that ball. I'm going to rip the seams and pull the thing down. Mm-hmm. And trust it. And then more often than not, you're going to be successful. Yeah. So just, I mean, just these little processes of these guys and understanding who they are and what they're capable of doing is probably everything to them because then they go, oh, I can do this. I'm going to throw a fastball in. Well, if I hit him in the ribs, it's okay. I'm just not going to miss middle. If I oh, miss, yeah. And if, and if I miss it, I brush him back. Well, there's a ton of value in that pitch right now because that on deck hitter now is like going, uh oh. So you, you're starting to set this tone. Yeah. And that's one thing we did really well last year. We pitched in and we're going to continue to pitch in. We're going to pitch in some more and we're going to hit a lot yeah. of guys. And now this year, it's like, hey, we just have to refine our hit batters in certain situations. We're ahead of two, can't hit them, but we could dust them, we can move them, have value. So. I like the pitching in uh, philosophy. I feel like not enough players really do it. And it's for some reason, it's just something you don't see a whole lot, right? In college, nope. like especially nope. high schoolers. Like, I feel like you just don't see a lot of high schoolers doing that. They love they throwing that fastball guys. away. Yeah. It's like, I don't why? want to hit guys. It, <laughs> yeah, it's like, why? because they go, oh, well, I just don't want to hit them. I said, well, why Why not? Are they trying to swing softer and not hit the ball hard against you? Yeah. It's like, don't give in. I say, that's part of the game. Mm-hmm. If you're yeah. scared, then you maybe shouldn't be pitching. <laughs> <laughs> or we it's have so, to develop you mentally to yeah. say, hey, do you know what? I'm going to change my focal points with my eyes so I don't see the hitter. I'm just going to take that spot. I'm gonna own oh, that. yeah. That's I'm definitely what that. I did. Oh, that's From what I did. Corner for sure. to six to eight inches off. That's what I'm going to own. And that's yeah. what we work on every day in catch play. Get mm-hmm. on the mound, short boxes, whatever it is. That's what I'm going to own. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it is. It is kind of that feeling that you got to that you got to go back to because I, I was a kind of guy or I, I am the type of player where I don't like to look at the batter too much. I mm-hmm. like to just to zone in. You know, if I try to zoom out a little bit, I get I get kind of too, like, distracted almost. Sure. You know, I, I focus a little bit too much. You know, actually, you could look at the body. Like, I could look at the body of the hitter, see what the movements are. But when I look at the sure. face, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I got to forget. I got to forget that that guy's even, like, and looking at right, me. That's right. yeah, it, yeah, that's so funny. But I would definitely rather hit a guy than walk a guy any day of the week right think, think think about think about the what that the value of that what that sets up yeah the intimidation factor too oh man we're here to make hitters uncomfortable <laughs> make them uncomfortable disrupt their timing create as much deception mm-hmm. and just attack be relentless on it you know what i love too is um there's teams you know i don't know any teams i, I know i've played on a team or two where the hitters love to get hit. They love to crowd the plate, get hit by fastballs. Great. Love that. Fine me. But if I paint it inside, are you thinking, oh, I'm going to swing at this? Or I'm trying to get hit? 
So maybe you're just not even going to be swinging at the, the inside fastball a whole lot. Yeah, I don't have to be fine. Yeah, you can just throw it in the inner third, and you're thinking like, oh, please hit me. It's like yeah. that's not even that's not a swing. Great. Yeah, take take those all day. Trying to get hit. I love that. And I love that. Thing, it sets up you, a lot of stuff. Yeah. If you do smoke a guy, do you know what? We're still one pitch away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. Gentlemen, so. if we're bases loaded, no one out, we're still one pitch away, boys, because you're gonna run a yeah. sinker for righty's hands where you can go five two, five, two, three, double play. Now we mm. got second and third, two outs with the base open. I don't have to pitch this next guy. Mm. That's the mentality I want. Then you can go for the punch out. Mm-hmm. We'll be all right. Uh, one of the questions I wrote down is like, what's the the difference between a good college player and a future professional? Now we've talked about that a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's kind of an interesting question, only because there might not be really any difference that much when it comes to age. Now, because yeah. like I'm saying, there might be an 18 year old right now who's a professional, and there might be an 18 year old who's a freshman in college, and they might their talent level might honestly be pretty similar almost the same sure but yeah maybe as you get older maybe as you see the the development of that like the 22 year old college player the 21 year old college player versus the 22 or 21 year old pro or you know two guys that are at a college program and you you have one guy where it's like he is going to be the pro he deserves like he is he's ready he is prepared like he's Mm -hmm. he's there he he's should move on and then the guy where it's like all right yeah he's good but I don't know if I see a future there. Yeah, I think um, mentality is one. You know, you, you know, guys who are just hungry that just, you know, they have that it factor. You can look at him and go, yeah, he's, he's, it's a little different. This guy's a little different. Um, hmm. I think refinement, you know, I think professionals have a little better feel and understanding of where, you know, like I said before, where you can miss, where you can't. They just, they're just, they're just more refined. They have, they have better control of pitches. They understand pitching a little bit more. Um, limiting mistakes, right? Like that's kind of a no doubt big one. It. Yeah, no doubt yeah. about it. You know, they we they just they yeah. control the ball better, and they know how to pitch better. Um, hmm. Doesn't mean their stuff's better. They just know how to pitch. They know how to use it better. Yeah. Um, they know themselves better in terms of preparation, and that's one of the big things here is, is developing these young young men is just understanding how they prepare and and what they're really good at and mastering those things. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but uh, on the other hand, I've, when I was with the Reds, I did a couple of short season stints in Billings, Montana, and, and I had some arms that came through from big schools. They didn't really have a process in how to play catch. They didn't know footwork. They didn't know. Do, so it's like, it, it's hard because do they have a talent? No doubt about it. But then there was a high school kid on that same team that I was like, man, this guy's polished. He knows how to play catch. So it, I think it comes with the the education and the development they've had prior to pro ball mm, um, yeah. that really kind of helps them because there there's that transition to pro ball, obviously time management without going to class. There's all these things you're dealing with. And now you're on every five days. If you're a starter, relievers, you're expected to go back to back days, you know, maybe twice a week. So it's like, man, it's like, there's a lot more involvement, mm. um, but again, I think the, the one, those who are more refined, they understand their preparation. They know how to take care of themselves. They know how to eat. They know how to sleep. Mm. Those are the guys that you're like, okay, he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's, he's disciplined, uh, self-disciplined, I should say. And um, he just understands it. And he, he's, mm. that, it's a, just a different talent. Um, it's just kind of hard to describe. 
Yeah, it is kind of funky to to attempt to put into words, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's something you see. Yeah, we, we you know, you've, we've seen t- you've seen guys come through. You're like, yeah, whoa, man, that's just different, you know? Yeah, yeah. How they hit the ball? It's like that's a different sound. Yeah, that's a different sound when they run. That's a different sound when they throw that fastball. You hear those seams. It's like this is just it's a little different. So. Yeah, and we've touched on preparation. I feel like a few times now. Do you remember what your like routine was like? Do you remember? Do you remember that? And I'm I'm kind of curious now if if you apply yeah. that to your players. Like you said, no one's cookie cutter, so everyone's pretty different. Yeah. Like, how do you help each guy prepare? You know, and figure out their specific way to prepare. Well, I, I think the first off is is watching them, let them do their thing, kind of mm-hmm. see what they're doing, kind of see how they are as an athlete, how they move. Um, for me, I was. I was pretty structured. I don't know how I learned it. I was just pretty structured. I knew that I got to do this in college and high school. I do, I do all my certain things. Again, I don't know where I learned it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it, it's, I mean, there's so many different tools now. It's just crazy. Everyone's got fairy guns. Everyone's got plyo balls. Everyone's got bands. I, I didn't have any of that. So yeah. it's like, how, how did I survive? I, I, I don't know. I didn't know I needed a massage before I threw. I, I didn't know. Um Yeah. So it's just, uh, you know, maybe they're just, they're, they're, those are little crutches that they need for, for mentally think, oh, I'm okay now since I put this gun on my arm. I don't know, whatever, you know, whatever you need, guys, I get it. Sure. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, it's, it's just making sure that they have, you know, starters have their own routine, relievers have their own routine, making sure that they have the time necessary to do what they need to do. And then mm-hmm. during falls is when I'll really watch them and see and say, hey, can we clean this up a little bit more? I don't like these drills because for your delivery doesn't work. Maybe we can do this and just let's simplify a little bit more. You don't need all these throws because by the time if I need you, you know, twice this weekend and you're doing all these throws, I said, there's not a whole lot of time for recovery. You're breaking down too early. I need you for the next three and a half months. Sure. Yeah. We need to simplify these things a little bit. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, I, you know there's I'm not saying wasting bullets. You know, I believe you need to use all your bullets in your career. But it's like we need to put them to better use. So mm-hmm. um, yes, well, and um, you also have to be able to change your routine, especially. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not start out so it. much. Some sometimes though. I mean, like during a season, yeah. I'd see, I'd see these, I'd see these starters. You know, like there's a rain delay or something. You got yep. you got to shorten it up or whatever mm-hmm. it is. I mean, starters, but relievers. Oh my gosh! Like sometimes you're you're warming up for three innings. You know, other times you're under the terms, it's like phone Aldrich now. Yep. Go. It's like, now we need like, it's like three batters. Come on, go. Yep. And it's like, okay, well, you're just going to get on the mound and start throwing. It's like, no, you, you got to prepare for that too. You got that, to, that's, that's being attuned to the game, right? If yeah, you, you got to prepared for, for how to prepare. <laughs> that's right. That's right. If you know your role, that's why I say it's so important. If you know your role. Yeah. You're yeah, the yeah. Game, you're like, this could happen here. If he walks a guy, he walk, another guy gets a hit, and all of a sudden, he, where's his pitch count? Okay, so third in, he's at this. Oh, he's at 65 pitches. Now it's starting to get up there. Mm. This is my role. This is getting some trouble. I need to start moving. Yeah, you hear so, the, cl- yeah. the clock in your head is like, all right, right. yeah, let's that's start right. going. Every second and counts. And that's part of the film. I don't need to be on a walkie-talkie or phone and say, hey, get going. They should already be there. And that's my yeah, job yeah, to yeah. teach them how to do that. But again, if you have established roles and they know mm. their roles, could be three guys that have a mid-relief role or mm-hmm. a cleanup role. I, I don't know yet, but mm-hmm. they'll know. Mm-hmm. And then, hey, you start kind of dancing with the game a little bit. Okay, okay, this could be my spot. Now I get going. 
slowly. So now it's, yeah. Now when you get that call, it's like, boom, okay. I, I got my eight pitch routine. I'm good. Mm -hmm. There's no surprises. You're prepared. Yeah. I think if you're a player, if you're like a young college player and in your mind, you start to think, Hmm, could I get in right now? Maybe, maybe I could get in right now. Yeah. It's like, that's your signal to start moving around. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. The chair <laughs> start getting the body moving yeah. at the very least. Like, just get up, get the legs moving, because mm -hmm. yeah, the last thing you want is to be like, so and so, get it hot, and it's like, what? Yeah, I haven't even, I haven't even Fire stood up in three go. innings. Yeah, <laughs> like I've been. That's right. I've been sitting down like this, just watching the game. It's like, no, you can't have that. Can't yeah. have that. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, I can definitely think about that. But again, I've, I've got that's my responsibility to teach these guys. That so that's Ugh. that's always on me. And if they don't do their job, then mm -hmm. that's, that's a discussion. And um, you know, I just got to get them better. You know, I never wrote down my type of routine. I kind of just always had it in my head. I feel mm -hmm. like it'd be pretty valuable actually to kind of like write it down, just to say, just to jot it down somewhere, or yeah. or be able to recite it in your head, just saying like, okay, I know I'm going to do these, and then this, and this, and then and then I know if I do those things, should be good. Um, and I guess if you're a player who's not very good at remembering the routine, it's like, yeah, you definitely should be John. Yeah. And, and something like I, that. You know, I, I give all my pitchers a handbook. Um, mm. And for me, it's just, it's just a log because this game changes so much and the way you feel certain days and you're just, you're good. And you're not good. You're, you're sleepy. You're, you're over, you feel too good. And so it's like, you try to help these guys, but just, just, Write down how you felt that day. How how good were you? Were you good? Were you great? Were you bad? Were you awful? And just mm. say, and just write down what you did. So because when you do get that base of when you're outstanding, really write down what you did because those days that you're struggling, you're like, ah, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I didn't stick to that. So at least you have a base of greatness and you go, man, I should have done a better job doing that today. So it's mm. like, okay. So it's just, it's just, it's just a log of how you've done and where you are mentally and um yeah 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 back to. and it's both too it's physical and mental because you'll no have the guy it. you'll have like you'd much rather have the guy that is not physically ready that day but mentally he can go in and he can be like nah i mean i got i got 75 percent in the tank but i'm using all that i'm yep. using all 75 percent. sure as opposed to the guy where it's like oh man i feel good and stuff but like yeah, I didn't do any prep. I'm just on the mound throwing now. And like when I go in, I, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this pitch or, or how my body's moving. And I'm going to be overthinking things. And it's like, you're not even ready. You're not even ready. I can't put you in. You're not ready. I know. I know. You're not ready mentally. Like, give me, give me the guy who's he's dialed in in the dome. Come on. Like, yep. and as you probably know, I mean, that's why like, there's always that older guy, that older bullpen guy where you're like, yeah, he's done it. You know, the experience. It's like, yeah, you just lean on that too. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do think about like those young players or e even if you're not like a freshman uh, in college that maybe aren't getting that many innings and it's the middle of the season, right? And they're not getting as, as much experience uh, that season. And it's like, how do you stay sharp? Yeah, you know, How do you stay on top of it? I feel like that's something that, that more players – uh, would struggle with, or or mm -hmm. they might it, they might let that get to them. The fact that they're not they're not able to stay sharp by being in a game consistently. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
No, I, I do because we, st- we, we had those issues last year and it, it's tough mm. because we're in a lot of really close games where we had to lean on the guys that have just proven to be our best guys. Um, and again, it, it just comes down to conversation, letting them know that next day when they're pissed and they just, they mm. just don't want to, you know, they're mad at me. And it's like, Hey, this is why, this is what I was thinking. This is the role you would have been in last night, but we just didn't get to that point. So I know you're frustrated, all these things. I said, but you've got to keep working. We're going to rely on you. You're going to be in this part. And sure enough, that day, he got in that same role and mm. he got in there and did his thing. I'm like, okay, do you, do you understand now? There you so go. He, yeah. you know, having the immaturity level, it's like, just please communicate with me. Let me know how you're feeling. Let me explain to you exactly what it is. If I don't have an answer for you, that's on me. Mm. But, um, you know, I, I, I always want to make sure these guys understand where we're coming from as a coaching staff. Just say, hey, this is what we're thinking. And pitching, this is what we're going to do. This is where we see you. If you don't get in tonight, be ready to go tomorrow. We'd probably be in this lesser role maybe earlier in the game. So there's something great about that transparency of it all, too, is that a lot of players love to deflect blame and and put it on you guys because it's easy to. You know, and I'm I'm pretty sure I've done it before in my career too. At some point, you know, where I'm just like, yeah. I'm like, oh, he just, you know, he didn't he didn't tell me or he didn't he didn't. It was all on him, you know, mm-hmm. like it's his fault, whatever it is. Yep. But if you're fully transparent, especially if it's like, uh, to the point where you're like, um, yeah, no, we didn't even consider you for for this or whatever it is. Uh, that's just a random scenario, but sure. But when when you can. When you can allow a player to realize that it's always, always on them, you know, like for, for you to say like, no, 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 I I don't just give you trust. Like you've got to earn it. You've got to, you, you're working for that trust. Sure. You know, like if you're a guy that's not playing, like even, even if you're not getting used like at all, it's like, okay, that's letting you know, you got to earn it. Like you got to do something to, to earn that that trust that like mm-hmm. okay you know what we get in a, we get in this scenario maybe i will go to this guy maybe i will because he did this he earned it you know like goes a long way for the for you guys i would imagine i guess i'm assuming but i would imagine no doubt about it i mean for for us it, it's it's the work ethic i i'm watching yeah. guys i'm watching attitudes i'm watching how they how they react i, I want to see the hunger I, I want guys to want to go out and fight and um you know at the end of the day, if you're not in, there's a reason. And if you don't know that reason, then better come ask me because I'll be very honest with you. So yeah. gu- I guarantee it's not stuff. I guarantee it's not stuff. It's either execution or the immaturity level, or you just aren't ready to be put in that position yet. Mm. So. I, anytime I think about like the word stuff and I think about, uh, this is the biggest one. It's vertical break. Everyone, everyone loves to talk about vertical break now. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, if I can throw a four seam with like 14 vertical break versus like 18 vertical break, how much better of a pitch is that? Just, just if we're going off vertical break, how uh-huh. much better of the pitch is that? It's like, oh, well, it's this much better. Like, oh, clearly you'd rather have the 18 or something like that. It's like, yeah, but what if, uh, for example, what if the 18 is like coming straight from over the top and it's flat looking, it's like steep, mm-hmm. you know, therefore the, you know, the VAA, right? Like it makes it, it makes it, it negates yep. the vert, right? That's versus, right. versus Kimbrel where it's like, uh-huh. right here. It's like, and it's like got a little less vert, but the angle it's like, whoa, 
yeah, yeah. It's like so much harder to hit. It's like, why are we focusing so much on like the broad, the broad picture of like, oh my IVB and my horizontal break is this? It's like, yeah, but how does it look? Does it look like that? Maybe, maybe not. Mm. Also, I lo- I love this too because, um, well, I love this because I feel like I'm good at it. But I love the uh, the notion of like, you know, uh, late movement versus like not so late movement. You know, the the when a pitch can move like in the last five ten feet, you know, before mm. getting to the catcher's mitt. It's like, where's that? Where's that measured? Like, where's that? Does that come into play? Because doesn't track man track it like at 10 feet or whatever? And it's like, maybe things change mid ball flight too. Mm-hmm. We've seen that. You see spin axes change mid ball flight. Like, all the happens time. all the time. Like, all the time. you see some really crazy pitches do that. Where you're like, like you, 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 you was amazing. I, I had um, a triple A a couple of years ago with the mm-hmm. Reds. Yeah. Approaching, and we had an eight year major league veteran with us. Fantastic young man, father, kids, the whole deal. Okay. And his profiles would come back after games. Stuff plus. I'm looking at him at like his fastball is a 72. Well, 100 is major league average. I'm like, mm-hmm. 72. So interesting because I just saw him absolutely carve up that lineup for two innings, came back the next night, did the same thing. Mm. I said, again, we you can get so caught up on these metrics that if you don't understand where the, the real angle is and deception that's being created, mm. it's like there's not a whole lot of value to these pitches because there's so much more in terms of what the hitter sees and how they react. It could be a little, a little, just a little funkiness to the delivery, regardless of what the pitch metric is. That's mm-hmm. what the hitter can't pick up is because of the deception. Yeah, yeah. And this guy's an eight-year major leaguer, and he's just carving AAA guys up. And, and it's like, oh, well, here's this. And I'm like, I don't care what you say. This guy's filthy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you, just just come, please. Because I've seen a guy with 125 pitch plus that's rated off the charts, and he's just getting turned around left and right. I'm like, mm-hmm. where does it play? Yeah. It's easy. So. That's the thing. Yeah, it's easy to see versus it's tough to see. I mean, that that it's so funny. Like, and if you really want to rely on it heavily, you can say, okay, it's 72 uh, stuff plus, whatever. All right, maybe it won't be my out pitch, sure. But if I can get to my out pitches at like a very successful clip by mm-hmm. by using that fastball, it's not really a stuff, like, because maybe the stuff plus is 72, but the value is. That's value. That's exponentially. The yeah, it's, it's exponentially higher. Yes, because like it wasn't like he's throwing 86. He, he was throwing 91, 92, and it was rated at 72. I'm like, this doesn't make sense to me. You hmm. can't, can't tell me otherwise because you can't say that doesn't have value when I just watch him wax dudes. They have no shot. So Yeah, I do understand, though, the – what's the word? The attraction towards striking guys out. I do understand sure. that. Because, oh, yeah. because yeah, it's a ball. It's it's an out where the ball is not in play. Great. Yep. It, it rules out errors. Yep. Uh, there's no damage. It's yeah. You, there's no damage to be done. I do get that, but I, no doubt. But it does seem a little bit unsustainable, at least for like the masses of college sure. baseball, professional baseball, minor league, and major league. You're how many major league teams have a starter where his K per nine is like over nine, where he's getting at least a strike up or inning. I feel like there's not that many. 
No. Where especially the ones that are staying healthy for a whole season. It's yeah, like you know, it's how much can we rely on this? You know? Yeah, there there aren't the big big strikeout guys. I, I mean it's tough though, because because the there are those few where and this goes back to the philosophy of you know shooting for the stars and aiming on the moon. You mm-hmm. know, like if you want to be a big leaguer, like that's your you gotta strive for that. It's like okay, once you get to the bigs, it's like do you want to be the guy that's punching everybody out or you yeah. know, like the guy who's like right so i get that too where it's like yeah you're aiming to get that but in terms of what will win is that going to be the sustainable uh, approach it's tough that's so tough though yeah that, that, that's where it's <laughs> maybe it is maybe it is I don't, maybe it is you know i don't know i i think to each his own i think everyone's gonna be different and you you have those guys that just punch dudes out you just that's who they are and mm-hmm. um Again, it's what do you have, what you're capable of doing, and simplifying those processes. And if you're a strikeout guy because you have just nasty stuff, and again, how many guys actually do that? Very few guys in the world can do that, and very few guys in Major League Baseball can do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I I mean, it's definitely interesting. I think the point – sorry, sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, now now you get some relievers with just some unbelievable stuff now. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. It's just like, oh, my gosh, you're throwing 91-mile-an-hour sliders that, you know, with 14 inches of horizontal break is just like wipeout. It's like, what depth to it? I'm like, what are you going to do? How do you – number one, you're not going to see spin. It's so hard. Oh, my gosh. Bottom just drops out. It's like, what do you do? You just guess. You just guess. (laughs) <laughs> yeah at that level yeah i'd imagine that is kind of what it is right i yeah. love the inception of the fork like i or the or just like split changes you know mm-hmm. like especially this change like that's a crazy change of when i see mm-hmm. i see that grip i love how that's actually coming into play have you been teaching any of your players like to split their changes or anything like that because i know i know like teams like to, to kind of see if guys can do that because of yeah. what what the pitch is showing at the major league level yeah, I, th- I think for the most part, um, changeup was my pitch. I threw two actually, but um, oh, I threw two. Yeah, I threw straight change, at about eighty to eighty-two, and then I mm-hmm. threw a palm ball, which is about 70, 72. Okay. So just speed differentials. Um, but yeah, for my guys here, a, a real simple grip I was taught. Gosh, I know when it was. It had been early in pro ball, maybe here at SC, but it's just making sure that your wrist. Is going up and out, not trying to do this. And and simply it was where the thumb placement is. If we get the thumb underneath the middle of the ball, your wrist will do this. When the, when the guys circle it and do this, thumbs on the side of the ball, you'll start early pronation. So if you stay underneath the ball, you can still circle it, but now you're actually, then you can manipulate these fingers here to open the ball up. You can add and subtract. And that's where I learned later in my career of how to add and subtract on a straight change, add and subtract on the palm ball I was throwing, mm. just into righties especially where i can back foot them mm. and then throw one just for a strike so strike to strike then from strike to ball and it's just like so now here it's like well, when our wrist is doing this with the thumb underneath the ball it makes it a lot easier now guys can just throw it with that fastball mentality and, mm. and like i tell them i said we are we are sellers of hand speed that's what we're gonna be masters of yeah 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 so Absolutely. Again, that, that's a whole nother philosophical lecture i'll have in collaboration with those guys and just an open forum to just talk about it but um yeah we get to that point we'll be in a good spot i feel like when i ask hitting coaches on here about like what the most difficult pitcher to face is they're almost always going to bring up the fact that the guy has like um you know not only can he throw 
multiple pitches for strikes, but he probably mixes in a change up here and there. You know, he mixes maybe he has a good slider, sure, but if he can be fastball slider and change up, it's like shoot, we got our work cut out for us. Cause they're almost giving in to the fact that it's like, yeah, we're we might we're not gonna beat him on his good changeup if he has a good changeup. Like we're, we're not gonna try and beat a guy with a good changeup. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not gonna try and beat him on that pitch. You can try and beat him on the fastball. So you're gonna just accept the fact that you're gonna swing and miss at those changeups or yep. swing and miss at those sliders. So it's like if they're giving that to you, take advantage of that. Well, you know? well that, 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 that's the thing. And I try to explain to my guys, I'm like, gentlemen, if, if you understand what the hitter's saying, any pitch that comes inside to a hitter, it's a fastball, right? It's just what it is. Yeah. And they're not going to be late to it. They're going to turn on it and get their hands through it. But if you now you throw a changeup on the inner half, eight to 10 miles an hour off with a little different spin, just a little bit. What are hitters going to do? Just think about that. You know, the, just what the bat angle is going to be and even trying to keep, keep it fair. So we're talking mm-hmm. middle third in. How are you supposed to keep that ball fair? Yeah. Because you think it's a fastball. You sell it as a fastball. <laughs> now it's eight to 10 off. Yeah. It's like, fellas, we have, we're talking free strikes. Now what that does is now they can't sit one pitch on the inner half. Mm-hmm. So now they become cognizant of that. Now what happens to the outer half? It opens that up. Yeah. Now allows this to work makes this better and starts getting them thinking. I said, as soon as you get the hitters thinking, we got them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Making them respect, you know, your ability to do one thing specifically and them having to think about that constantly during an at bat. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a big win. That's yeah. a big win for yeah. sure. If we can get them to change their approach. Even it's like, Oh, we're going to have a good time. It's yeah. Good. Yeah. I love the teams too, where it feels like they have the, like a very similar approach. Where they're like, okay, yeah, he does this one thing. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. his fastball in this location isn't that great. Let's just try to do that. And like the first time through the order, you'll see that you're like, okay, like they're they're all taking fastball in, all of them. Like, why? Mm-hmm. What are we doing here? <laughs> like, you're all trying to get fastball out outer half. All right, yeah. pretty easy. That's yep. pretty easy to game plan. We go. <laughs> you know, like sure. Like you said earlier, they'll they'll tell you. They're gonna tell you. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, it's, I feel like pitching, like the, the, well, the world of pitching, but just kind of the general like direction that things are going in with like college baseball pitch. I feel like it's in a good place right now. And like the, the, not only the, the inception of, of bringing in a lot of technology, but the, the ability for coaches like you to be able to interpret that stuff sure. and then also know when to use it and when not to use it. I feel like that's, that's becoming, you know, uh, it's be, it's showing a lot more. You're seeing a lot more sophistication behind pitchers mm-hmm. these days. Like it's, there's a lot more pitching, you know, and yeah. like you said, it's kind of going back more toward that pitch, pitch ability thing where it's like, all right, we're not just rolling guys out there with the grossest stuff now. And I feel like when you see that at the college level, like you're just rolling out the guys with the grossest stuff, it's like, eh, it doesn't really work all that often, you know? I think that's what's interesting. You know, obviously, Skeens won 1-1, but you look at him, I mean, this dude just doesn't power by you. I mean, he pitches. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jump, he throws a, you know, good slider, obviously, and a power fastball. But it's like, he's not like he's just chucking. No, he's actually throwing the zones. He's pitching. He's got a good yeah. changeup. It's like, man, he's going he's gonna to roll through the minor leagues. He's going to be a major leaguer for a long time as long as he stays healthy. Mm-hmm. Because he's a pitcher with yeah. ridiculous stuff. And again, that's one guy in the world with that uh-huh. size and that kind of ability. Good for him. Yeah, I don't know if you've watched any of his video. Uh, 
when they compare how he faces righties and lefties and how he uh, moves on the mound. Have you or have oh, you seen that at all? No, no, I haven't. I forget because I think someone was saying that he actually does it kind of backwards. I'm trying to remember if he goes first base side for righties and he might be doing that. He might be going first base side for righties mm-hmm. and first and third base side for lefties. Where I think he's trying to like Great really angles. open up the plate. I guess yeah. And like well yeah. I mean yeah. If he's a righty, well he's a righty facing right. So if you get that that left side first base side, it's going to open up that angle that runs into righties. Yeah, yeah, he's just opening up big time, and then he's doing the same thing to lefties where he's just, a lot of fastballs in. I think, and mm-hmm. but even if he goes away, it's like it's still hundred, and he's all the way out there, and it feels like it's way out there. Yeah. And I'm like, why are more people not doing this? I didn't think about this before yeah. seeing that. I was like, oh, well, I guess I thought about moving around on the mound, but I didn't think about, oh yeah, against righties, I'll do this and lefties, I'll do this. Yeah. I feel like people should actually do that. Well, not should, but they could. They they might be able to to uh, increase their like stuff or whatever, be more effective, sure. I guess is the word with that. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I look at that and I'm like, Maybe I'll try it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but but it's got to work too. Like because there's obviously there's pretty obvious ways in which you can do that the wrong way and it just like won't work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of an example right now, but I don't know anything to like. Yeah, anything like you're saying to make the the angle easier to interpret. It's like yeah, you don't want to do that obviously. Yeah, but you're really just you're, you're creating lanes. Whatever lane works yeah. best for you to opens up your vision. It makes you more comfortable. Then mm. roll with it. Yeah. But it is tough though, I would imagine, for a guy to have multiple. He he, I guess, has figured that out, which is impressive. I don't know. One guy that. in the world that does it. So <laughs> yeah, kind of stuff. Good for him. Yeah, I was gonna say, I feel like I don't see really anyone else doing that either. But maybe, maybe we will. Maybe we will maybe. in the future. I don't know. But yeah, maybe. Uh, that's so funny, Brav Skeens. Yeah. Cause it ain't like you brought up the fact that yeah, he's a pitcher one got got good stuff too but look at his fastball and it's like yeah if it wasn't a hundred like people wouldn't go that crazy over for it honestly like a lot of the time a lot mm-hmm. of time but like his changeup, i actually love his changeup. yep like metrically it's like okay yeah, yeah i think yeah, he loves it too he loves yes. it too he's yes. confidence in it yeah well oh god he's got supreme confidence that's crazy yeah guy guy with that kind of confidence it's like yeah yeah, but he, I mean, he's a case study in itself when it comes to college baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I don't, I don't even know what his usage was on his fastball. I don't know how much he used it really because I feel yeah, like he still know. mixed it a lot. I feel like he still was able to mix seen, it. Yeah, you know, even it's his little pro ball clips. I mean, it looks like he's throwing that changer pretty well. I didn't see a whole lot of slider stuff yet, but, um, you know, I, I think he has a good feel for who he is. And again, if he's throwing that change up in on righties, I mean, good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not just – I mean, that thing's like mid-upper 80s too, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like – It's a, got depth. It's got horizontal. It's, it's – I mean, Yeah. It, it profiles well. He's doing it, great. Which is funny too because him being a more of an east-west guy, it, mm-hmm. it kind of begs the question like, okay, do we – do you have to be an elite IVB guy to, to be uh, successful? It's like, no, clearly not. So can't can't push everyone to be a super verdy guy. Like not everyone has to have a four seam and be super verdy. Like, like, like the new term of tunneling. Uh, all I know is tunneling mm-hmm. is it's deception. 
Yeah, yeah. Same slot with all three or four of your pitches. It gets in and gets to play. Like you said earlier, it does its thing. It's deception. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's an efficient delivery. It's a, you know, it's, it's what it is. Yeah, I guess, I guess tunneling is the deception of the ball. Whereas, like deception, when people hear deception, they might think the body, like hiding the ball physically. But it's like the, the true good deception is the ball is the tunneling of the ball. <laughs> oh, that's tough though. I feel like that is, that is gotta be one of the tougher things to do in, in the developmental side. Right. I mean, that, that can't be an easy thing to, to, to accomplish great tunneling. Well, I think, I think it comes down to delivery. If you get on time with your hand through from your lower mm. feet, all the way up to your hand, if you're on time. You can come out of the same slot on every pitch. Now, again, do we get to, exactly what your profiles are, you know, wrists and fingers and things like that, exactly what you are, then you develop your, your arsenal, so to speak. And, yeah. it, you know, like fastball will mirror your breaking ball. You know? Right. If your fastball is one o'clock, your, your curveball will be at seven, mm-hmm. you know, and that slider will have, you know, a little shorter, sharper tilt and that changeup's going to be an hour later. And it's just going to be, that's who you are. Yeah. Don't try to manipulate things because that's when you, you lack execution. You you probably lack control. And then most likely you're going to get hurt. And then the fun part is when it looks like you're supposed to be a one seven guy and maybe even it spins that way. But instead of moving one seven or whatever it is, it goes one two. Oh, yeah. It goes in, and you're like, whoa, okay, okay. It's yeah. supposed to look like that's that. Right. It looked that's like right. that and spun like that. But come on now. Now it's moving the other way. It's like, whoa, come on now. Like that. I don't even know if you can train for that, honestly. Uh, no, I mean, again, everyone's different, but again, yeah. the best pitch in baseball is the the backup slider. Oh yeah, <laughs> no one's Can't expecting that. No one's the, expecting the, that. The exact opposite <laughs> of what it's supposed to do. Oh my god, I love that though. I love watching that. That's like one of my favorite things. And you see that, you're like, yep, yep. He did not mean to do that. No chance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so funny. Okay, it actually is like eleven. So. I didn't want to keep you too much longer. I did want to ask you, you know, about yourself a little bit more so we can, we can keep it a little bit quicker if need be. But um, I mean, you, yeah, your playing career speaks for itself. We don't even have to dive into that, but was there a transition period between when you were playing and when you were coaching or was that, was um, that a quick transition? Cause you just, it's pretty quick. Actually, I was, I was getting ready to go back okay. to Venezuela and um, hmm. to play the winter ball and the opportunity at university of San Francisco came up. And so I took that opportunity. And, you know, I was 36 at the time. And I was like, well, mm. body's not doing so well. And uh, I wasn't recovering very well. So maybe this is a, this is a great opportunity and um, to start my coaching career. You know, I, previous to that, I did, I've done a ton of personal training in my off seasons. I started my own little business down in South Orange County. And mm. um, I just, that's how I kind of fell in love with coaching. And um, so I just carried that into the college game for a couple of years. And then, uh, went off to the reds and I was with the reds for seven years and until I got yeah. this job last July. So, um, it's, it's, it, I love it. Uh, I, I love just being on the field. I, I love creating those relationships with the players and the coaching staffs and, um, it's baseball. I mean, I mean, you get to compete. It's just, yeah. um, it's just different, but I'm in every pitch with every guy and just really I, I just love I just love seeing that uh, that light bulb turn on turn on their head and they go oh okay now I understand what you're talking about so mm. those are the rewards for me that I kind of just I, I kind of just really embrace but um you know for the most part I I give my wife and my four children a, a ton of credit on this they've been with me they they've traveled they've done everything my wife homeschools my children and 
um, throughout my playing and coaching career. Um, yeah. And they are succeeding so much. I mean, my, my oldest son just got into USC and, you know, he did dual enrollment and he has three AAs, a couple certificates and out of high school, he graduated college. He's got his A's before he graduated high school. So, and my, my daughter's Jeez. starting high school now and she used to be on the same path. And, and, you know, my wife has her master's here at SC and mm. um, my two youngest boys, they're, they're brilliant. So it's just, that's who I am, you know, um, trying to be the best uh, husband and father I can be. And, um, you know, just, just love this game. And um, I love coaching. So it's me. If you could go back in time mm-hmm. to your first year coaching self and give him some advice, what would that be? Um, I know this is kind of a tough one, honestly. No, no, it, it's good. I'm just trying to phrase this the right way. I, w- I would say okay. um, just observe a little bit more, listen a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I have to fix everything. You know, establish those relationships a little bit better before you start going into it. Hmm. You know, I, th- I thought my intent was good. I just thought at points I, I went a little too fast for the player. Hmm. And I wanted to help them out so bad, so fast that it's like, yeah, let's just let them kind of coach it, coach you. Hmm. So that's kind of where I've gone. Okay. Teach me about you. Teach me. And so now hmm. I can go, okay, now I know who you are. Now I know my approach to you. So. Hmm. You got to let it marinate a little. You got to. You got to. You got to. <laughs> and a lot of times, yeah, there's going to be players that are resistant to it. Mm-hmm. You just kind of just let them kind of stew in it and let them kind of do it. Because when they need you, they'll come to you. you yeah. You're there for them. You know that. But yeah. If you really need help, they'll come to you. Some guys are three-day, you know, marinade. Some guys, yeah. you know, you need that whatever it is, like 40-day dry age kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You, need to, you need to really let it sit. That's yep. funny. I like that. Though. I like that. <laughs> Um, okay, let's talk about USC real briefly in terms of just, you know, a, an aspect of USC, the school, so not the program, but the school that you really like about it that most people may not know. And, you know, I know, I know plenty about it. I'm just, I know you know plenty sure. about it, but, you know, the, the common, you know, high school player might not know about the school. Yeah, um, we're so rich in tradition, I, I think, from the academic standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. You know, our business school is number, I think, six or seven in the nation. We have number one cinema school in the nation, dentistry, number one, communications, number one. Mm. Uh, we have every resource possible uh, for all of our student athletes. Um, you know, we have 85 subject-specific tutors for our players whenever they need it. Mm. It's like, man, this is, this is pretty pretty great. Obviously, as a student athlete here, you have some privileges in terms of food and things like that, which are fantastic. We're, we're mm-hmm. improving a lot of facilities here. Um, it's just so rich in tradition, legacy of former athletes that have come through here. Um, and we call it kind of like our little oasis here in downtown LA. I mean, with the revival of LA live by this, by the, I don't know what's called. It was Staples center. I don't know what's called now. The oh, crypto, crypto arena, crypto arena. Yeah. Um, all the new hotels and it's a mile and a half here. And it's, it's, it's all cleaned up. It's a far cry from what it was 25 years ago when I was here, mm-hmm. um, our new USC village. It's kind of like you're in an Italian plaza with all the fountains and eateries and Trader Joe's. Oh, yeah. And got housing above it for all the students. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a special place. It's our little oasis and it's an unbelievably beautiful, well manicured just campus. It, it's it's gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I will say, huh. our grounds crew is by far 
number one in the nation. You know what? Because uh, I was going to ask about your, your like a favorite thing that most people wouldn't know about your program. Ooh. I I was actually expecting you to say that about your like because I know about your grounds crew. Man, these guys, <laughs> these guys crank and they are unbelievable. This this is their baby and yeah. You know, I played a lot of big league parks, a lot of college parks, and this is by far the best playing surface. I can't say by far. I mean, L.A. I mean, fantastic Dodger Stadium. There's some oh man, yeah, major league stadiums, but this. In terms of college i no no one can stand up to this this mm-hmm. the surface how they do this it's it's manicured by hand on a daily basis and they are very prideful in their work and the, like i said this is their baby and they do an amazing job i will say there is nothing like a good natural field you know mm-hmm. and so many so many teams have turf fields i mean i have two lane turf field I mean, it makes sure. sense for the weather but sure absolutely but, but a nice natural field oh. it looks fake Honestly, uh, I know recruits. They come out there. Is this real? I'm like, yeah. Like, no way. Like, yeah. As fake as it looks, it is real. Feel it. And they, the parents, are like, unbelievable. And it, it, it really is unbelievable. And um, yeah, that's with these guys. They work their tails off, and they're amazing people, and uh, they do a fantastic job. I hope your players know that too. I mean, you got to appreciate that kind of stuff. Because I tell them every day, you guys know how good you have it. Yeah. No. Literally. Oh my God. Because get those minor league fields, boys. Just wait. Uh, you took the words out of my mouth. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, last question. Last question. Um, yeah. This is about the recruiting process. And I know you've been on the recruiting trails before. So I love asking every coach about uh, a story they might have that kind of just illustrates what the role is and and what that experience is like going on the road and, and watching players. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've heard plenty of stories, but, you know, I want to hear, you know, one, one from you that, that kind of, again, illustrates uh, just, just what that, what that role is like. Yeah. I, I think one story kind of just sticks out because, um, you know, rec- recruiting, it's just a tough business. I mean, you're, you're competing as other schools, friends of yours and, and all these things. Mm-hmm. I, I think once was when, um, it was my first fall at university of San Francisco. And, mm-hmm. uh, I went to watch this young man pitch. His name is Ida Rincon. He's out of, yeah. And he's from Columbia. He's mm-hmm. here in the States, just got here and he can really pitch. I'm like, man, am I about to do this right now? I said, I'm about to do this. So we're able to talk to him. I mm. start busting out my Venezuelan Spanish to him. No. And he's like, he kind of, his, he kind of looked at me. And I'm like, I'm like, I kind of gave him that face. Yeah, yeah. He started smiling. I'm like, okay, hook set. Now let's get into it. So I'm, I'm, I'm baseball Spanish. I'm efficient enough and, and mm. to, to get through sentences and, and, and relate to players and, and do that. So I think that was probably, and we ended up landing him and, he, and he's a great young man. I didn't stay there long enough, but um, hmm. you know, I think that was probably like, this was the lefty that I need to get. And um, law schools were after him. And uh, I, I want to thank that my, sp- my Spanish. Yeah. Uh, helped me out a little bit. So um, yeah. Wow. Pretty cool. That's that, that's a tool that not a lot of guys have. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing. I, I, I think that's what really helped me out in pro ball too, you know, cause there, there's an influx of a lot of Latin players. As soon as they start hearing me speak Spanish to them, they kind of go, Whoa, okay. Now we can relate. talking about my time. When I played in, in winter ball and all those years, like in some guys, it was, it was kind of crazy because they actually saw me pitch in winter ball. Some of my mm-hmm. players and I'm like, Oh my gosh. So it, it's, it's, it's kind of a neat little, um, neat little link, you know, yeah. that we have uh, just to kind of relate to each other. And, hey, I know where you're from. I've been to that town. And mm. I, I, I know what your life has been like. I, I get you. 
I got you. Yeah, that does go a long way, especially because they're trying to learn English too. That's right. So it's it's two way straight. You can help each other out. That's why I tell. That's why I tell a lot of the guys that hey, I'm gonna speak Spanish to you. You speak English to me. That's Mm. how we're gonna do this. They're like, okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. For uh, for all those college baseball players out there, you're trying to go professional. Take Spanish. I took French. Uh, (laughs) I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Take Spanish. Yeah, it's, it'll, it'll go help you. I mean, yeah, I'm pro baseball and for the rest of your life, <clears throat> coaching and business, whatever it is, it's yeah. it's important. It's it's great to be able to relate to people. Communication's yeah. huge. Yeah, definitely, uh, especially in baseball. Um, shoot, I think yeah, I guess that's it. That's uh, cool. <laughs> I guess that was my last question. Yeah, that was my last question. But this has been awesome, Seth. I mean, shoot, we uh, we got after it. I I was, I think that was great. Um, well, I appreciate no, I appreciate everything. This, I, I can talk baseball all the time. I love, yeah, uh, love, uh, sling some information around, talking and um, getting. I mean, I'm a coach. I learn every day, and just just continue to learn, 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 so you can help these young men. So, Amen. I think that's the that should be the the closing words right there. Just keep learning. That's it. Player, coach, doesn't matter. You're always matter. learning. Be hungry to learn. <sighs> love that. Um. Well, Seth, thank you for coming on. Um, that that'll be the last thing I say, and I do want to talk to you really briefly uh, after we sign off. Yeah. But that is going to do it for this episode, and we will see you next week on Player to Prospect. Cool. Thanks, Jack.